Welcome to Moving Target, my Rockfin exclusive. I've been looking forward to this show for a while, not just because I'm excited, as, as, as always, to kind of have a differing of opinion, to have an intellectual conversation with somebody, especially in the field that the person we're discussing with today, who I consider to I highly regard his opinion in this in this field. And so it, it's it's I enjoy getting into a conversation with somebody where we have different opinions on some very core parts of this conversation, but we're still able to have an amicable conversation about why those may be different and possibly leave going in different directions, or maybe somebody can change somebody's mind. We'll see how it all goes, but as well as to get into some observing international elections and the contrast and joining me today is Craig Pasta Jardula. Thank you for joining me today. I'm glad to have you on the show. How are you? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, T-Lab. Anytime you get the opportunity to talk elections with you, man, it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to this show myself. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. And I think you're doing great work on, on the covering, the overlap, and, and the observation of the international elections, as well as your coverage on, on local stuff as well. But like I said in the beginning, and you know, we, we've had off-site, off-show conversations and, and, on, and on different shows about voting and in general and and the political spectrum and i and i have noticed that i think you have uh, maybe it's the influence of steve and your guys morning show or i'm not sure but your your opinions seem to have evolved a little bit over the years and and i'm just interested to get into all of this you know and yeah. and but I, I first want to start off with your work and, and what you've been doing in south america in general and and talk about all of that but i do point i want us to get into a lot of different stuff today on the show and and the meat of it, you know, and I think the core thing for my audience and, and you know, is, you know, whether or not these the vote, <clears throat> whether here or there or anywhere else actually translates into what we think it does, you know, and that's that big, big conversation. But let's let's start off with what you're doing in general. And, and before we get into that, I'm sure everybody on our show, whether Rockford otherwise is familiar with you and 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 your work on the Convo Couch and the and Wake Up Show. But for those that don't just give us a, a background on what you're doing these days and, and the shows that you're conducting for those that might want to watch them in the future. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I do a AM Wake Up Morning Show, which is one of my newer shows. been doing it for about seven months with my co-host, Steve Poikinen from Slow News Day. We do it Monday through Friday in this beautiful studio right here, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on uh, Vegas Standard Time is what I like to call because that's where the studio is at. It's in Las Vegas. For five years now, we've been rocking the Convo Couch, me and Fiorella, the Convo Couch uh, we started way back when, when we wanted to provide a platform for grassroots candidates to uh, interview and also talk a lot about foreign policy uh, because it wasn't being talked about enough, we felt, within not only within our mainstream media, but within our progressive community at the time. Uh, me and Fiorella met on the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, and we've since evolved and moved away from Bernie Sanders. But the one thing we really dove into pretty heavily because of Bernie Sanders was the DNC lawsuit uh, back in 2015. Uh, excuse me, 2015, 20 into going into 2016, near 2016, was when the Democratic Party said, uh, in quotes, uh, we can go if we wanted to technically into the back room full of cigar smoke and pick whoever we want. Well, that really lit a fire under our ass, and, and we've been running this down. This was just in regard to the, the DNC, yeah. though, right? Just to clarify for people, that was just the DNC they were talking about, right? Not the, the larger. The yeah. Okay. No, ahead. no, this, this was 2015. Uh, Going into 2016, the DNC lawsuit was a uh, was brought up not because of Bernie Sanders, but Bernie Sanders supporters that wanted to sue the DNC for not holding a fair and democratic primary, uh, using a lot of exit polls, uh, using obviously then we had the WikiLeaks drops. 
So, I mean, there was so much that they, they had on their side, especially the exit polls. For us, election integrity people back then, and I wasn't as heavily into it, but I was definitely all eyes on it because I was like, okay, we're going to expose this system for what it is. We're going to really get this out there. Uh, and instead of Bernie Sanders kind of taking it on, you know, head on, he walked away from the whole situation. And we had so many things. We wanted to just get in there, you know, Ryan, and just open up the hood and take the screws off and look at this thing and examine it and let everybody see how how fraudulent the system is set up to be. Like, it's mm-hmm. so messed up that you can't anybody. I don't think anybody really with a right you know, mind can stand behind the elections with the system we have, especially when you go overseas and you observe. And that's what happened. Uh, it became into it, it turned into election integrity in the United States. Then observation outside the country. Uh, we started with Nicaragua, and we haven't looked back since then. We've done Peru, Honduras, Colombia, and now Brazil. So yeah, we're into it pretty heavily, and uh, that's what we're doing. Nice. I'm and I'm glad. I mean, you know, regardless of whether people in this or watching the show believe that it's all illusions or that there is a level of like legitimate election somewhere in the world or they're everywhere it's still important to be done you know what i mean like to see the overlap to see what's happening and the differences and so on the point about the bernie sanders for the the thing the thing for me the crux of this to start off is just the idea of you know whether or not it's meant to be dishonest or illegal or you know where the people are you know illegally manipulating votes and so on is that the system as you kind of pointed out there is designed in a way that people can manipulate it even legally speaking, you know, like we talked about, you know, gerrymandering or these different parts and the small parts, but all add up into a larger picture of how they can control the flow. You know, it's it's very interesting. And the point about Bernie specifically is not just that the fact that he not only kind of kept in the system after exposing the problem, but then endorsed one of the candidates that he was calling out the entire time as being a criminal, as being, you know, and it just kind of shows you this ebb and flow where, yeah, they're willing to be like, oh, yeah, they're here's why they're the worst person ever. And then if they don't get what they want, they fall back into the line and they pick a side. And it just kind of goes, well, how can you possibly make all those statements? You know all this, but it's yeah, just yeah. very it's very frustrating, right? And, and this, for a lot of people, I think that was one of the awakening moments. And I, I mean, even for me, I think that did really... Show, I was very skeptical at that point, but to see him do that, you just yeah, kind of yeah. like, it's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the thing I discovered really to tell you the truth, and you know, I've told you this before, Ryan, I've leaned on you back in the days when I first started doing this and I started, and I discovered you, I leaned on you to see what was going on in Israel. I really did. Like, okay, let me see what's going on. Very objective point of view. Uh, this kind of, I thought you really had this kind of Nam Chomsky kind of like essence of sorts of like, all right, let's look at this, you know, very, uh, you know, with, with, without blinders on, uh, give every single possibility that this could happen, that could happen and just be open-minded about it. Uh, and I've had other people that I've leaned on for certain areas and stuff, but I can lean on. There was not a lot of people to lean on for elections. Mm-hmm. I had to start to go looking. And then I discovered too, as well, uh, after the 2020 election, and we were kind of having some conversations about it online that a lot of people don't really know about elections. They don't look into mm-hmm. it. It's kind of boring. It's trite. I think, you know, it's just, you know, they just assume that it's a fair system, that it's just one person, one vote, but it really isn't. They've complicated the hell out of it. Uh, you got to look at the intricacies. You know, I used to be a poker player. I used to say this at one point in my life. I played a lot of poker. And I think that poker lifestyle of looking at it like a, almost like a game, if you've ever seen Rounders, there's a scene where a first-year law student is playing with a bunch of judges, and the judges are just blown away. Because if you don't look in that area and you don't understand what's going on, you don't look at it like a contest, like a game, 
You're mm-hmm. never ever going to really understand what's going on and how you can be cheated and how it could be fraudulent. But it's if definitely you how they view it. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely how they view it for sure. Yeah. I mean, whether whether there's a, 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 a greater good reason to do it, they're playing a game for sure, whether left, right, politics and the whole damn thing. But what's what's interesting to me is you bring up the idea that the it's it's a ritual. And that doesn't have to necessarily be some kind of a conspiratorial concept. These are rituals, right? These are political rituals that we go through every single year. And there's the same, you know, the same, it's, it's exactly the right word for it. But what's interesting, the way you pr- describe it is you're right. People have gotten, whether they ever really knew the intricacies of it and how these processes work or not, they've checked out to a yeah. large degree. Well, the, my betters will take care of it. They know the process. I just know that I have to go in there and write my name down when I'm supposed to, you know, and that's, that's yeah. what's come down. And what it really, what, what gave me, when I thought about just then the ritual and the overlap, it's sort of like the classic Catholicism, you know, where there's all these rituals that are, that have yeah. meaning, you know, that go deep and way back into the understanding of why they do them. But today, even Catholics, they don't really know why they go through the mantra, a lot of them, but they just do because they're supposed to. You know, yeah. and it's an interesting overlap, isn't it? And I, I have a, there's an, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. I think now I want to wait to ask you this question, but it's the same point about most people don't really truly understand why and how and the intricacies of this. And in the midterms, especially, but even, you know, under the presidential elections, I, there's a lot of weirdness in there. Like, for instance, how only apparently only 34 to 36 of them are actually voted in, during the midterms. And some of them don't. Some of them do two years. Some of them do four years. It's very strange and different and it doesn't make sense. And I was going to get into why that is. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's it, why do you think that most people don't care enough to know about why these things translate into what they say they do, let alone whether it actually translate into that, but like why that makes sense, like our collective votes and how it works. Why do you think people yeah, yeah. don't care about that? Well, I think that's, I think first of all, there's just an assumption that it's just, it's fair. It, it, you know, it is the will of the people. I think a lot of people really honestly believe that, you know, Joe Biden got 81 million votes more than any president ever, you know, shattering Obama's record that was like by 10 million or 11 million, whatever it was, ridiculously. Uh, couldn't fill my driveway, couldn't fill, you know, my my living room, but, you know, beat the guy who was filling up stadiums. So, I mean, you know, first of all, I just think there's an assumption that it's how how, how complicated could it be? It's just, you know, this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy. Mm-hmm. So that's therefore, you know, I think that's why they, you know, they don't look into it as much. And for the also the other reason why is I think we have just a very serious serious case of everybody playing team sports right if it benefits them they're not going to look into it they're going to just say it was okay i mean it doesn't make a difference that every single democrat on the hill was barking and complaining about proprietary software and these machines that could be hacked but as soon as they won the election you have people coming out with legislation like cory bush or whatnot saying you're going to get in trouble if you ever question election again and that was the mm-hmm. thing too, as well. You know, I'm close with Tim Canova. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually done a couple uh, election integrity events with him, and he even said too, as well. At first, it's like one of those situations you don't want to look like the guy who's going to complain. You don't want to look like a sore loser. It could affect how you, you know. That's 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 also a fear because you don't want to look like a sore loser if you want to run again. So it's, it's sad that that's even something they have to consider, though, because you ha- that's that's political in its entirety, right? Like, yes. uh, maybe I shouldn't poke out and, and acknowledge this real thing because I might be framed a certain way. Exactly. It's sad. It is. It, it's really sad, but it is a thing. So that's Absolutely. therefore, you know, people don't look at it. And I don't know why, like a lot of journalists, like I said, there was like I discovered online. I had some Twitter battles and it was like three independent journalists. I'm not going to name their names. There's three of them out there. 
Um, I had respect for uh, two of them, <laughs> two of the three. But even the third one, I thought, did decent work. You know what I'm saying? They, it was obvious to me after just having a couple of little debates going back and forth on Twitter. I'm like, you don't know anything about elections. You're just mm-hmm. repeating Chris Cuomo taglines that the mainstream media throws out there. You know what I'm saying? And if you keep repeating it, then it becomes a lie. But when you're talking to an election integrity activist who understands the whole process from how a ballot's made to how it's counted all the way, the whole process through and every single step of the way, you know, you're going to get called out on that. But it is it is unfortunate that nobody really looks into this, not even the independent media folk. When, do me a favor without and I, without necessarily, like you said, pointing to somebody's name. Give me an example of what you're talking about with like something that was stated that was misunderstood, you know, unless you think that's going to I don't want to call anybody. No, 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 no. it, it won't because it's so long ago. But OK, here's here's one. Well, the reason why these numbers came in is because uh, most of the Democrats voted by mail this time and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, first of all, you, you don't know that. That's just something right. that's thrown out there. Historically, vote by mail has always gone to older folk. Right. You, we, we talk about the uh, the traditions, right, that you go through as a, as a Catholic when you do certain things. Well, you know, back in the days, a lot of people was a lot of younger voters who wanted to go out. They wanted to get that sticker. Ryan, I voted. They needed to get it, it was part of the tradition. Right. So o- back in the days, more o- older people, which tend to be more conservative, voted by mail. They just threw this whole thing out there this time. You know, what I'm saying. Now, you can assume that more Democrats voted by mail because more Democrats probably bought into the whole COVID narrative. Let me protect myself. Let me go to right. a drop box and whatnot. But, I mean, that was something they threw out there just because they were told that. And it doesn't make a difference. Uh, you know, if Democrats voted by mail and drop boxes and everything else like that, the numbers that came in were mathematical impossibilities. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, that doesn't meet the voting pattern what came in it was way out of whack in other words trying to explain to some people hey you know when they call it on tv at 62 percent you know i'll do my brian williams with 62 percent of the vote in we're going to give texas to joe biden over bernie Mm -hmm. sanders and you're like wait how can you call that with 62 percent of the vote in there's still people in line people are voting and you're going to call it for joe biden i don't get it well what they would tell you is that the voting pattern, which they get, which they establish all the way through, will can't can't exceed out of a certain realm because that's the voting pattern. Therefore, we understand that Joe Biden has enough votes now that Bernie Sanders wouldn't catch him. Well, that didn't come into play in 2020, right? They went to 95 percent, 92 percent. Exactly. Even Donald Trump was barking about it. They're not going to call it, and they should. And and those voting patterns were there, but all of a sudden. These massive amounts of ballots came in and these dumps came in. And I know people want to think that that's logical, that it could happen that way. But they were mathematical impossibilities. They called well, them you, anomalies. They would were you say that they were impossible or just that they were highly, highly ma- unlikely based on these patterns? Like, is it is there a, you know, just to be very, very specific, is it literally impossible or is it just you know, because look, to be clear, your point is very clear there. If they yeah. historically always use those patterns, then it's not unfair for you to do the same thing and argue yeah. that in reverse. But my, it's possible though, right? Mathematically, it could happen, but wild. Okay, just so people understand, yes, yes, I'm with yes, you though, yes, completely yes. with you. I, I, I stopped using the term mathematical anomalies and I used mathematical impossibilities because it's just, the, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It is possible. Anything is possible. Miracles are impossible. Right. One okay. out of a million is possible. Right. But they're highly, 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 highly unlikely. 
I mean, I, if I anything, they should merit an investigation, and Absolutely. that's where we should be looking, right? You Absolutely. Know? I love your point you made there to overlap 2020 because that's exactly where people should be comparing, right? So if if historically they do that, and you can argue it's easily done in a way to be like, stop voting now because Biden won, get out of line, you know that kind yeah. of thing, and then and then choose not to when it's in in favor of somebody they don't like or just drag their feet. There's a right there. There's a lever that can be applied. Yeah. To it, you shift in ebb and flow. Same way they did with Clinton. Everyone in the media, it's already done. She already won. Go away. Stop voting. You know, it's like it's the same kind of thing they play all the time, and it, that's dishonest. Even if it yeah. ends up being, you know, it's it's very clear. You know, the, the, there's one. Uh, uh, let me say two words: chain of custody. Hmm. That was my Biden, right? The two words instead of the three words. Yeah. But the chain <laughs> of custody is something that should be, uh, you know followed every single step of the way chain of the custody and if you look at it by definition it's like the the, uh the tracking of how anything uh business wise or whatever wise is tracked along a process in other words the chain of custody means that in in uh election terms that there has to be two eyes on it at all times it has to be within the public's view you know what i'm saying there has to be a chain of custody it just can't come out of left field well when you have drop boxes you eliminate the chain of custody altogether right so therefore with ballot harvesting another thing you eliminate the chain of custody. So the chain of custody is out of whack. And then when you take the votes out of the room to count them in another place, mm -hmm. the chain of custody is also out of whack. So we don't have a chain of custody in the United States in several parts of our election system. And we really need to get it because they have it in all these other countries, especially in countries they fought to get these fair elections. Colombia being the best example of, you know, they've been fighting against fraudulent elections for years. Uh, they've been able to point inaccuracies out over, over the course of time. But the people got involved, the people pushed for the changes, and the people understood what's going on. And that's the thing that you'll see in these other countries like Nicaragua, Colombia, uh, and Honduras. The people are more engaged and understand the rules and the laws because they've been screwed over. And they understand if they take matters into their own hands, if they get a fair election, then they got a shot. The only way to national sovereignty, and that's the thing I fight for more than anything, is for the people's right to pick their own leaders, to mm -hmm. choose their own sovereignty is free, fair, and transparent elections. And if we don't do that, we'll never have our own national sovereignty. We'll have people who will be selected and not elected. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't let's go into that. I did want to start there, but I'm just so interested. To, I, my my mental my my questions d drive in the direction of questioning the election, everything. But let's go into that because I think that's important for people to understand. So, because at the earliest part of this conversation. Like take going operating under the assumption that these things are legitimate or rather that there are people within them trying to manipulate and comparing what we see in the United States to what you're seeing in other countries that you argue at the very least people are more invested in trying to make them as as legitimate as possible. So we'll come back to the, United, the U.S. elections and, and what and we can talk about whether I think that they're even at long sense, you know, you, you know, my perspectives. Yeah. So what have you seen? So first of all, tell me what you're doing in your international obser observing why that's happening and why it's important, and then yeah. get into what you're seeing in the contrast between the fairest elections in the world. We love to frame them as in comparison to what's happening elsewhere. Yeah. The, the DHS, the, the, the safest election of all time, whatever they said, were just ridiculous, just hysterical. Except uh, and, for Russia so, and all that, right? We forget <laughs> that. Doesn't, yeah, they're, yeah. They're that was okay. Sense. <laughs> yeah. And all those people are still have platforms and sites and everywhere they can do work. But yet we're the ones who are getting squashed and demonetized and shadow banned. So uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, man, you want to come to Nicaragua, you and your crew? 
Uh, I know you guys are anti-imperialist, but they're also, it's election observation. And, and they've had this for quite some time where you can go and you can internationally observe. Some countries uh, will pick up the tab as far as putting you up and getting you food if you provide the airfare. That's what the deal was in Nic- Nicaragua. But they wanted you to come in and look at their elections and scrutinize them. Uh, most of the people who go on these things are like the anti-imperialist type. They're there to see the socioeconomic ways, what's going on socially in the country, uh, you know, uh, ex- uh, you know, try to do some reports on what they see as far as people struggling, hunger, the IMF, all the all the things that, you know, uh, a person would do if you wanted to go over and do some investigation, uh, especially from a foreign policy view. But not a lot of people were like election integrity people like me and Fiorella. There was a few of them out there. When we got out there, we linked up with those people right away because we understood the way the United States empire is going to overturn the country first. It's going to say that their elections are not legit. They're illegitimate, right? In fact, the day of the elections, Joe Biden got on and said the elections were pantomime. I did an interview with Business Insider. They twisted it. Uh, you had some people from the New York Times and New York uh, Post. I think they were doing it from their, their lazy chair in Long Island. We're saying how these were ridiculous, but we're out there saying, no, look what we're experiencing over here. We had people all over the country communicating with each other. So the first thing that we understand the empire is going to do is they're going to try to, you know, say that the elections weren't legit. So we have to get answers. We have to get all the answers. And for uh, for an opportunity uh, for a group like the Combo Couch to go and do, uh, you know, these countries and observe these elections, we took them off right away. But like I said, we kind of got into there and we looked and examined the system. And, you know, we would meet with election officials. We did this before every single election, whether it be Colombia, Honduras, uh, Brazil just recently, and of course, Nicaragua. And we'd get some time to ask them question after question after question after question. And it would be funny, uh, Ryan, because you'd get some times when I'd say, hey, so do you guys have mail-in or drop boxes? They'd, they'd laugh. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm just laughing right now no. about the idea that what the process you're even describing, where is that even yeah. happening in the United States? Like, let's not talk about the controlled corporate media either. The idea yeah. that some individual from another country, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, can come over at its own volition and be able to ask questions. It's just that that is, yeah. in and of itself, I think, challenges the entire idea. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. And then you're then you're issued like, you know, credentials that you get to hang from your neck and you get to go into every spot of the elections walk around, poke around. You can't look at somebody's vote. You can't take a picture of them voting and stuff, but you can walk in, you can start asking questions. You can, you know, you have complete access to them going on. And they do this because they understand, they want to see that, they want to show that their process is, right. is fair and legit so they can, you know, kind of push back when the empire comes knocking on the door and saying, oh, you had pantomime elections. Like, no, we didn't. Here's your international election observers. In fact, you had these guys called the Combo Couch go and poke through every single part of our elections. Why don't you ask them about their ele- about our election system and, and then compare it to yours? And that's another thing that I get to do is I get to bring back this information. You know, right now I speak to a lot of patriots because that's the audience that's listening to election integrity. Clar- clarify that for me. Trumpers. Okay. MAGA. I'm, just, I'm not a fan of using that <laughs> that synonym. You know, just it's, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's not. That's first, what they like to call themselves. I, I do it I out of respect for them. I, I I'm, I'm not disrespecting the group. I'm just simply yeah. saying that the word patriot has a lot of other meanings. You don't just get to grab a word and say that's yeah. you know, anyway. Keep going. I, I agree. <laughs> they 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 like call me a patriot. Call me a MAGA. 
you know, a lot of MAGA people because those are the people who feel that they were, you know, robbed in the last election. So therefore, they're involved with it. And this is something that we thought would happen with progressives. It didn't. You know what I'm saying? When we January 6th, when we're there, you know, we looked at each other. So this this should be the progressives. When the when the Democratic Party said they can go into the back room full with cigar smoke and pick whoever they want, Hmm. that's when we should have planted our flags and say enough is enough. And at the very least, maybe we don't get Bernie through, but we fix this damn system. We expose it for what it is and we get a fair system because I do believe it's not the oldest trick in the book, Ryan, but it's the biggest trick right now. It's the biggest scam going on when they tell the American people that they can't have free, fair, transparent elections with results in one day that are expedient while you ain't waiting hours and stuff because that's something that you don't see in these other countries. You don't see people waiting longer than a half hour in any situation. For the most part, they're in and out in five minutes. And to, to think that, that we can't have this, that's the biggest scam going on right now. And this is the vessel for our democracy. If we don't that. get this straight, we get nothing straight. Right. Go into that for me. That's exactly what I want to fine tune here. I mean, I, I, you'll, you'll derail them. I'll go off on a thousand questions when we get into like the, the Trump election and all that. I, I mean, I'm with yeah. you. I mean, despite yeah. the, the Patriot comment, like, trust me, I'm, I agree that there's manipulation. My point would be, though, that it's always there. The previous yeah. election, the one before that, it's an, and I've, we've proven this. We'll, and I, we'll get into that in a minute about yeah. the Democrats for, call, calling out election mach- voting machines in the next year saying that's you can't say that. That's fake news. It's ridiculous. But go into what you were saying there. Right. So what, how is that possible? How is it that we have and explain the differences like in the United States? Our government tells us it's not possible. We can't have that. They claim it's still free and fair and whatever else. They just claim yeah. we can't have it free and fair without what they do. Meanwhile, you're proving over here in these other countries, at least in mm-hmm. your persp- in your opinion, that these are fair. And, and, and I would agree that there's plenty of examples like that. We can get into some of those after you're talking about your experiences. I'd like to talk about Ukraine, actually, as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the referendums in that discussion. But. How is that? So what you're seeing there, you, you just started to get into the differences. Give me more examples of the differences and how that means that it's fair and transparent and how it can be done in a short period of time and why the U.S. thinks they can't do that. Sorry, I know there's a lot of questions there, but no, it's, it's OK. Well, I don't think the U.S., they say they can't do it. It's because we understand that they want to keep the system the way it is. They don't want to change it because it benefits them. Right. Because if we fixed elections, here's the thing. And, and I think a lot of, the, you know, I had a moment in January 6th when I was about 500 yards from the step of the Capitol. I was kind of standing up on the stage and filming from a distance and uh, a MAGA person comes over with his hat, you know, and he's, Hey, so what's going on? Where are you at your news and stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'm the combo couch. And he was a little skeptical because, you know, um, you see a lot of the BS media in there, I think, you know, and Mm. I said, he's like, what's the combo couch? I'm like, well, we're, you know, an independent media group. We basically, you know, we have a lot of foreign policy point of views. We like to cover that, but we're, big on elections and uh we started in 2016 you know when uh when it came to election integrity when bernie sanders got cheated and he looked me right in the eye he goes you know what we didn't say anything when that happened and i'm sorry like and it was just like one of these moments i was like i'll never forget his look in the eye because he realized that and a lot of people realized that were there that day that the election system isn't fair that how far does this go back? How long? I mean, have we ever selected anybody? Have we ever, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. That that's that's a question you gotta ask. I mean, you go back to Nixon and Car- you go back to Nixon and Kennedy. Kennedy wouldn't have won if unless they cheated through the mail. <laughs> you know, and they cheated in Illinois and cheated in Texas. Illinois, where daddy Kennedy was very strong, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where they went to the chairman of the board, um Before was part of the mob. Quick, 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 quick comment. Yeah. I just think it's what you just described there is very interesting to me that the and, you know, I'm you know, my perspectives on the two party illusion and on, on, you know, whether we're talking about the extreme left, or the extreme right. But this over this un 
it's inappropriate representation of what MAGA is from top to bottom, like this very clear political agenda. What you just described there is interesting because I tend to see in my perspective, and again, it's impossible to know for sure what the majority of this group thinks or feels. We're all guessing into that, including the corporate media. But the idea that what in my perspective, it seems that most of the people in this community that I come into, I come, I come across are genuine in their beliefs, whether they're misled or not. Right. That, that they genuinely like for someone to make that comment that, oh, well, you know, like th that's a person that is beginning to understand a bigger picture than yeah. the two party paradigm, even if they're still believing Trump was going to take them there. Yeah. That, that'd be my perception of how they're misled. But think about that. And I, I, I think that's the reality, because a lot of the MAGA group or the constitutionalists on the right side are the biggest threat to a manipulative government because they believe in the Constitution. They believe in this process. And I, I'm just be the one trying to open their mind to the fact that it's all sides, you know, but. Yeah. Very interesting insight there. I just I want to make that clear to people. So go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, I hear it every day, right? And it's just so scary right now. It seems like it's just a setup, like it's just that same wheel. I remember when it was, you know, the Iraq situation and why I became a Democrat and why I voted Democrat because of what we experienced in that war. And it just seemed that anything the Republicans did, they just, their foot went right into dog crap. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's hotter, these guys were awful. It was just terrible. Wolfowitz doctrine, all these yeah, guys, yeah. Cheney, Karl Rove. It was like so easy to go and vote Democrat then, right? It was so easy to vote for Obama because of these guys, because of George W. Bush. But they're doing now right it now. Just seems, it's the same thing, but it's now it's yeah. it's so easy to vote Republican, right? Yeah. For a lot of these people. Like I even hear friends of mine going, Well, you know, Republicans are are, are much better than Democrats, so we gotta vote Republican. And guess what Sean Hannity said today on the news, on the on the radio? This is the most important election of our time. It's I like, knew it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you knew it was coming, please. right? Say yeah. that to me, please. I make fun of that every seven waiting for it. <laughs> well, it was just on the radio, so I can't even send it to you because we have the we have the talk radio set in our car because we have to listen to them. I heard you know what is his name? Uh Levin. Uh his first name, I can't remember his first name. Levin, uh real guy. He was saying, you know, on the right, we don't have uh, uh establishment media. We only have us. I'm like, dude, you're on Fox, you're sponsored by friggin' Pfizer. Right. You are establishment media, but that's what they're selling. That, that the right wing is the outsiders now, and it's it the Republicans. It goes back yeah. and forth. It never changed. That's this is what we need to see is that it's a never ending hamster wheel of the uh, and, and the teeter totter is a better example because they really do kind of flow between being a you know the crazy evangelical right and the same left and and now look at where we are. It's like the exact opposite. And if you go back even further, you'll see the same thing. What you just described Absolutely. there is this shifting of this ebb and flow of power and, and using the other side to keep you shifting back and forth. I just I, it's so frustrating that we the people like you described there with their shows. I, I don't I don't think whether they know they're being dishonest or not. I don't think they care because they it's just about using what's happening to benefit themselves career in a career wise or professionally. And you almost can't even fault them for it, but it's still dishonest, you know, and they people love to tap into the the team sports as you as you put it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they they really do, and that's why, like you know, we had Spiros on this morning on uh, the AM Wake Up, and I was just thinking about a guy whose channel should be so friggin' huge, right? But he doesn't play into that team sports mentality. People want that, you know, and they still right. want to do that. They they still want to believe that their neighbor is their number one issue, and that's all Fox does, and that's all MSNBC and CNN does. I mean, right now they're at the they're really doing that. You know, it's one thing when they used to punch up at the candidate and say Mr. Trump, but they're they're punching at 
Trump supporters, you know what I'm saying? Trump followers. And and yeah. that's scary. And the same thing that goes with, you know, uh, the conservative radio. Everybody on the, on the left is a crazy communist and Joe Bi- Biden is a communist and it, it's, and they're it's just trying hyperbole. to lead her in there. Yeah. It's all hyperbole and it doesn't it, it's all it's all ira- it's like talking about how they what they feel and think and want. I mean, we've gotten very childish far more than I've ever seen in my life in the corporate media. But again, see I this I this is what interests me the most, but I want to get the, what's the, the the contrast that you were getting into? Like, what are you seeing happening in these other elections that aren't happening here? And why yeah. is it so impossible for the U.S. government to do it? So they claim. Well, the, 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 obviously, we know it's not impossible for them to do it. Obviously, right. we know they want to keep the system. Therefore, they can play that teeter totter 18 red team, blue team. And this is something I was going to make a point is that if we were to get our elections straight, if we were to get our elections fair and these other countries that I witnessed, like, you know, witnessing it now. Honduras, what they went through with fake elections and messed up elections, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Colombia, they said, they, you know, the mastery, when we went to see the mastery, the mastery said, plain and simple, this will be the fairest transparent election Colombia has ever had. They understood, they pinpointed the one area of concern in which they can get cheated on, but they had everything to back it up and all the, all the math in place and the checks and balances to where they couldn't get cheated. If we were able to do that here in the United States, Jesse Ventura, right, in Minnesota, uh, he wasn't even libertarian. He wasn't green. He was in Ross Perot's party, I think, whatever it was. He was an independent, pretty much. If we had a system, we can do that, because that's what the Fox News cycle did, too. Right after they were saying about, you know, this is the most important election of our time, they said, all right, let's take a look at contrast of the other states. Republican or Democrat? Who do we got here? Republican or Democrat? Who do we got here? Republican or Democrat? Right here. Not talking conservative issues, talking red team, blue team. Right. And, and they're never going to mention libertarians or independents that have a chance. But if we had a system in play, oh, boy, would that change everything? It, it would change so much. We'd still have the same battles we have to deal with, you know, with the corporate media leaning and slanting to the ca- candidates they want. But we have this thing called the Internet, which we're, we're doing a show on right now. And I believe if we have more independent candidates that actually had a shot to win, because now you have the whole system where they're kind of like – there's the voting system, and then there's getting on the ballot system. Right, right. <laughs> because that, that system in itself over there is another thing that is so far out of whack, and it's so different wherever you're at. It's so different from when you're in New Jersey versus Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's like they're, they're forcing candidates to go, I'm going to move to Chicago because it's easier to get on the ballot than it is over in, in Trenton, Ohio, or you know whatever example I'm trying to make. But that, that cool. system's out of whack, too. Okay, so we have the, we have the obvious include. I mean, I think that's something most Americans are well aware of. There's a lot. I mean, there's an endless amount of candidates that are candidates, no matter how much support you think they have, that have every right to be included in the discussion at the very least. Well, maybe Absolutely. not on your big primetime shows. There's still companies that can choose, but nonetheless, be on the ballot, be discussed, and so on, right? And they can. That's one of the ways they control it: the metrics and what you say they need to be to be on the ballot, and they manipulate that. I think they did that with Tulsi Gabbard at least once, and they've done this before. Yeah. If I'm, maybe I'm misremembering who they was. just did it. They just did it in Michigan with the Republicans. Did it where they threw off? They pretty much said the 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 signature company that they use was having fraudulent actions and therefore they just dis- they discredit that that company so anybody using that company to get their signatures just was thrown off the ballot and it was like right. three or four of them and and not for nothing this was a company they had used before because they were forced to use these type of companies because in certain places like michigan they were discrediting the hand the the signatures that they were going out the grassroots people were just going out and legitimately getting they're like mm-hmm. oh no use these companies because they've done they've been used before they're legit and they know how to get signatures and their signatures will be verified. If we try to get them ourselves, they're not going to verify our signatures. So the actual 
practice of democracy is kind of frowned upon as opposed to let me go use these headhunters and these other you right. know uh, other companies that do of this course. work it's you crazy all through those things yeah. but yeah. so so okay so that's an op- so this explain the system you're discussing then so what is the number one thing that needs to happen that is happening there that's not happening here that you think makes them transparent well the first things first is i made up the six i made up six principles of fair free and fair elections i i go to when i go to my events i hand these out again i'm nice and big for the older people so they can see them number one is the most important thing and it's it's got to be a little bit more than just going and volunteering on election day and i said the public must be heavily heavily involved when you go to any of these countries there are a mass amount of people. So when I just, just recently when I went to Brazil and I went to witness an opening, I walk in and there's 200 people online. It was all the workers getting ready to get checked in, to go to work and whatnot. So the first thing that has to happen is the public has to take back the elections. In other words, they use all these like um, – what are these contracted companies to do all the work of elections, like counting, mm-hmm. sorting, oh, I see what you uh, mean. moving ballots around? You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. The people can be heavily involved. And when I say heavily involved, I don't mean just go sign up and say, hey, I'm going to volunteer on election day. No, you show up at all the meetings. You ask these people what's going on as far as how many voters are expected in one place, how many people are going to work that day, how are you training them, what's the process. We want to get the public heavily involved, just like we saw in Nicaragua, Honduras, you know, Colombia, Brazil. When the public is heavily involved, that's how you get your results. That's how you have a lot of eyes watching. That's yeah. where you get accountability. That's where the chain of custody stays in play. So that's the first thing we have to do is the public has to get heavily involved. And we have to push, nag, complain. We want to get as many people at these places as we can at these polling stations. We want it to be legit. The whole system needs to be overrided. But that's the first thing that we have to do. We that's have to get involved. Too heavily and not just on election day but right. leading up to election day we have to be down our throats the, the throats of these election officials i agree 100 percent. i would yeah. say that that is kind of a a double it's 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 a, a point that comes from both ends of the conversation because i argue a lot of americans are completely checked out because of the system they've created yeah. that stuff so it's like you know I argued that over here, they're more motivated to get involved because they see an outside force manipulating their elections every year, right? The difference is we have our inside force manipulating, well, as well as I think outside forces, but it's just, I think Americans are, 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 fed up and maybe by design, like they want you to apathetically check out the system. So they have more control over where, but I would argue that if enough, that comes into my argument, we'll get into it in a minute, that if enough people engage, but still don't, but still like there's a difference between checking out and being engaged, but not participating. Yeah. I'll get into that in a minute, right? I think it's a huge difference. Yeah. But so how do you get people involved in a system that they don't feel like they're being represented in? Well, that's what happened right now. You cheat them, right? And, now, and then you force them to get involved. Like, I, not for nothing. Like, the progressives, they took it lying down. They accepted the results. They packed up their bag, and they took their ball, and they went home and played. These MAGA people, they didn't. They've become, you know, advocates, yeah. not just activists, advocates. They've been learning everything about the election system. Maybe that's so why now they're heavily engaged. They're talking to each other. You know what I'm saying? They, they believe in a fair system, right? In a fair system that they would have won. Mm-hmm. So they're going to fight for that fair system, and they're learning everything about it. Now, uh, we have different sources telling them it's different people pulling the strings. There's still the China theory that it's just like there's no evidence whatsoever i believe that our enemy is within arm's length but they're learning everything about this system and they're preparing themselves to fight for free and fair elections and therefore they can you know they can pressure their their state representatives because it's not a national thing right that's that's also a problem we have as well national elections should have a national system should Mm -hmm. be easy simple five people to vote for you vote for your 
your president, your vice president, your Senate, your congressperson, and your governor, whatever it is, that's it. It should be a nationalized system. It should be one system, but that's, we don't have that in the United States. But if you're getting involved, you can do what they did in Georgia. They got down the, the they started breathing down the necks of the state representatives, not the, you know, the, the House and Congress. They mm-hmm. went to their state representatives and said, you need to draft a bill since you have the power. We want a bill. We want a fair bill. Let's draft it. Let's get it done. And they did do that. And they got it done quickly. Remember, they got the all-star game taken away from them in Atlanta and moved to Colorado because of this voting system. They, 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 they pub, they punished the, uh, the, the public, not <laughs> because of what happened. Right. But, right. That's what you have going on. I mean, and, and there there is some exciting things that are, are happening. Another thing that they have, and I don't want to get too far along the way because I, number one was the public's got to get involved. Number right. two is a chain of custody has mm-hmm. to be involved. In other words, you can't have these ballots coming from everywhere, from drop boxes. Ballot harvesting needs to be illegal. It should be the cars. terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Up until the point they're counted and stuff, they have public counting. In like mm-hmm. Colombia, Honduras, Brazil, all these other places. Brazil uses a machine, a direct a DRE machine, which we'll get into down the way. So you're, but it's, you're an advocate for paper ballots, then obviously. Hand marked paper right. ballots that are counted where it's where it's cast, it's counted, and it's also counted publicly by hand. But then there's a machine, an open source machine that will mm-hmm. double check that count. Because I don't believe that computers cheat. I believe people manipulating computers cheat. Right. So I'd like to have the checks and balances. And this is something that could be done in every single place. You know what I'm saying? They they complicate the system. Therefore, they can they have an excuse to say, we need to take it off to a tabulation room. That's the most right. ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Where right. the ballot is uh, cast, that's where it needs to be counted. So th- if, if that is done, you know what I'm saying? We have this chain of custody. In Arizona and in, in northern Nevada and Nye, they're trying to implement hand counting by the public, hand marked paper ballots. Only problem is they have mass mail out. So now you, you never know how many, where the ballots are coming from, how many they're coming from. And nobody ever goes and looks at the contracts who makes the ballots. I keep telling people this all the time who makes your ballots? Well, I don't know. You should know. Absolutely. You should know who makes the ballots because the ballots can come from wherever. So we should know who's printing them. We should also understand that in the case of New York and the case of Atlanta, that test ballots got into the machine and test ballots were counted as well. So you don't have to wait for paper ballots to come over with bamboo from China. China would just make a phone call and send somebody down to the FedEx. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. That's right. how simple it is. See, but, I think I think one thing we need to realize no matter what real quickly is that there will always be cheating. That's yeah. a constant, no matter what system is in place. That's yeah. like we pretend like that's not the case. That's the constant. People will always find ways. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, but I mean, you can make it hard to cheat. You yes. can make it to where the cheating is almost impossible to get over the hill in a national event. You know, I mean, that's what we've seen in a lot of these other countries. And they, these other countries got their national sovereignty because they learned the system through and through. They understand the system. They're engaged. We need to find a way to do that again. And it's just been so politicized and polarized because now you just have red team, blue team again, red team, blue right. team, right. and all these Democrats who really it affects them more than anything. The grassroots candidates, I mean, they should be scratching their head when Congress has a 23% approval rating, but Nancy Pelosi gets 80% of the votes in her district. I mean, guys. Every year, or every election, I should say. Every election, every year. And the thing about it is, T-Lab, is that the way it's set up, it's not, it's the two-party illusion, right? right? It's not Democrats and Republicans because the, the, the buzzword this time was Dominion, 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 Dominion's bad. Dominion has proprietary software. Yeah, but so does ESNS. Right. So exactly. does the other guys. So does Smartmatic. Yep. So does the Heart program. So you look at these other guys, it's almost like a, it's like a, uh, 
what's the word, a cartel, where they have their own areas and territory and they don't go into their areas and territories and they have a, an agreement between the cartels that, listen, you do what you do on your turf, I do what I do on my turf, just as long as the third party doesn't get 5% of the vote, then we're fine because we don't want any, any, any third party becoming part of the, you know, uh, the, the, the party system. In other words, we don't want them to get public recognition. We don't want them to get that public funding. We don't want to get them on the ballot. So we make sure the third party, whether it be in your territory or my territory, is crushed. I'll let Jill Stein, Michigan, uh, the Libertarian parties had this happen to them before. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep going. Go to go to number three. I want to I want you to get through those before we go forward. I'll come back to this. This this is just the conversation. I'm glad you said that. This whole yeah. uh, and this is this, that is it, the, the machine <laughs> argument and dominion focus is like the two party paradigm itself. Oh like, yeah, it is. Dominion's the problem. Well, what? The, and, and in fact, was the smaller of like there was one. I, I forget. I, I deep dove on this discussion. We'll come back to it. But yeah, uh, the, there were four different companies that I saw, many of which had far more influence and and questionable things going on. You just brought something up. Go ahead. Yep, there it is. Well, uh, you can see, number one, the public must be heavily involved. Oh, here we go. Number nice. two, must have a strict chain of custody. Number three, election day, election place. Why? You ever wonder why? <laughs> why we have our election on a Tuesday when every single other country that I've been to has it on a Sunday. It's an election day. It's a holiday. Mm. Everybody gets off. Everybody can go vote. You know, Everybody has time to vote. But right. that's what they do. This is the thing they do. It Well, we have it on Tuesday, so maybe we should have an extra week of early voting or extra week of ballots to come in. I mean, this is ridiculous. You have 14 to 28 days in certain, certain states and counties of, of ballots coming in. I mean, how can you trust that election whatsoever? There's no chain of custody you know, whatsoever. It's gone out the door. So election day, election place is really important. Listen, in every single country I went to, you must have an ID. The left over here in America has now found a way to make it that if you ask for ID, you're being racist. Mm. And the guy in, in Nicaragua who asked me after we had all this conversation, he goes, why don't they just make it easier to get an ID? I'm like, right, maybe right. I should bring you back with me and let you ask them that because that's what they're trying to avoid. And in the Georgia bill, sure enough, they made it easier to get an ID in Georgia to right. vote. That's what they did. They, they, you know what I'm saying? And I also put down I, that I, these places, right? First of all, you can't have what they have in, in California where they say it's a vote center and you can go anywhere to vote. They do that because it makes it impossible to track the vote, impossible to audit. To have a fair election, you must have an election place, your designated spot like they used to in the old school days where right. your name was on the roster and you go there. And all these places got to be what they were like in Nicaragua. They were less than like, I mean, I don't think there was two miles apart was there you know, uh, an election spot. We went to like five spots in Bilwi. We weren't even in Managua. We were on the Caribbean coast. So we need to get back to the old school days where they would have election places and in, in garages for people's place and whatnot. Election day, election place. You have the designated day, the designated place. You must have ID. You know what I'm saying? No mass vote by mails, no drop right. boxes, none of this stuff. And number four is local inconvenient, Right. Local inconvenient means it's not an easy place to go to, but here's something that they've done is really nefarious. They broke the system on purpose, Ryan. In other words, they made it five, six hours to vote in some places. We were, we were clocking the UCLA vote. The pizza lines, there's this, this line where you can get pizza sent to you and rich people pay for the pizza, and they'd say, stay in line and vote, stay in line and vote. I, I don't know why they're paying for pizza. I'd rather say, why does it take so long to vote in the first place? Right. Accessibility is tied to expediency. If they tell you, I can go wherever I want to vote in LA and I can go to any place, but any place I go to is three hours, four hours. 
that's not accessible. Right. You know, I have pets I got to go feed. I got a child I got to go pick up from daycare. You have to make it accessible. Accessible is a tied to expediency. You got to get in and out. They broke the system on purpose, and that's how they were able to sell you a mail-in ballot because you're like, hey, I'll just do the mail-in ballot now because why? I don't right. want to wait five, six hours to vote. And that's something our friend, Clint Curtis, who was just at this last event with me, got mm-hmm. to speak. Amazing time. It was Clint Curtis, me, Benny Smith, uh, a, a guy, um, Phil Evans, who's the master of pattern analysis, and Tim Canova. We all took a picture together. It was like the, you know, the five horsemen. We were traditionally known as leftists right now, so mm-hmm. we were very, very different. And some of, the, some of the people, like Benny Smith, who coined the phrase fraction magic, which then they this year they called hammer and scorecard, I think, in 2020. It was like, oh, that's cute. We call that fraction magic. Let me explain it. Patrick Burns in his movie, he showed these dumps and he showed them through grass. Well, Phil Evans... He was the he was the godfather of pattern analysis and something we talked about the reason why they call these elections but if you start looking at the machines tabulating and the pattern goes off you know something's going on but anyways you know going to being able to do that and Clint Curtis made this rule he says I tell you what if they made a rule that each county had to pay somebody $100 an hour for every additional hour they had to wait longer than 1 hour I bet you it would be expedient as hell yeah, I thought that was a great idea. I think it's something that will never happen. But to, just to point that out, to think about that, because you don't see that in the global south. You don't see that in a third world country where, you know, what I'm saying this country is just poor as can be because mainly because of American sanctions and all that other stuff. But they're expedient. And they get in and out. It's yeah. part of the whole process. And, and we can do that. And the fact that they tell you that they can't do that, that it's going to take five, six hours to vote in America. Are you crazy? It feels convoluted on purpose, like you're saying, like confusing so that it is easily manipulatable, manipulatable, but at the same time, easily dismissed. Well, you know, there's no way to really fine tune or find out, but but keep going. I've got some other comments. So number five is count count it where it's cast. This is very important. It's kind of funny because when we got up there, we were part of the solutions panel and uh, Patrick Byrne had said that. I'm like, Patrick. It's number five. And we were laughing together. It's number five on pasta's list. Take a look at there. Where the ballot is cast, it must be counted. And that also includes if you eliminate this mass mail out, if you eliminate this ballot harvesting, and you have to start a place. If you, Where you go in is where you get your ballot. That's where the chain of custody starts up until the point it's counted. So right. now it's been in the public's eye. It's been in the, uh, pub, uh, was, uh, the public's purview, right? It, it's been there the whole time. And therefore, there's not going to be any discrepancy about it. Will it change? Will it be lost in route going to the tabulation machine? I mean, I, I always imagine them with a big U-Haul full of truck full of ballots that they're taking the vote that they just pull into a, 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 a like a, a covered spot and another truck that looks just like it comes out with their ballots and goes to the go takes ah, to the tabulation yes. machine. I mean, you know, I mean, it's funny, but it's it's very much it can be true. And Tim Canova's race, we saw them loading on the ballots. First of all, that two people are supposed to be with the ballots at all time. We saw cars coming up with boxes of ballots, one person in there, which is against the law, mm-hmm. hand them to another guy on a truck, and the guy on the truck would stick him on the truck, and the truck was going off to the tabulation area. Right. I mean, how can you how can you stay with the system? And then the last one, no proprietary software, open source. We have talked about this before. I still mm-hmm. want a hand count in public, but I'd like to have a propri- no more proprietary software because that's the whole thing. It's not about Dominion. It's not about EASNS. It's about proprietary software. This mm-hmm. is publicly funded elections with proprietary software. Are you kidding me, ladies and gentlemen? You're paying for it, but you can't look at it. Right. You can't it's look safe. under the hood. Black box voting. Sorry. So those are my six. 
principles to fair elections. And you can see up there, let's bring us U.S. elections up to Columbia standards. Right. I mean, I think those are great. I do think, I mean, all these are valid. All of them make sense. I think the number five is important in the context like the, the, that's i think it is one of the points why you say this but it's not written there that there's accountability in that right yeah. that if if it's counted where it's cast and that it, if it's it doesn't leave the location there's all at the very least there's always at least somebody i would argue that should be personally tied to what's happening there so like if you get this video and you go wait a minute there's only one person there oh well that's john's location bring him up you know what yep. I mean? It's a, what's going on here? You could have direct accountability. And that's one of the reasons why this is so completely convoluted. Now, I think what's interesting here, I, I don't I don't always want to try to tie this to where I see this direction going in the world today with, you know, great reset. But it's interesting that we can see decades of coordination and planning. And and it. what do you think about the overlap of the idea that, what you know, almost like in every other way, this whole situation seems to create the need for some kind of a solution. Now, I, I agree that's what you're putting forward, but maybe they have the idea of going, well, guess what? Here's a solution, digital identification, right? Yeah. We'll, do, yeah. we'll, we'll give you digital IDs and everyone's got an ID. And, you know, and it, it's an interesting, perfect step into what they're already trying to push. And they might get mass adoption by that because people in elections might go, well, perfect. Now we can have one without realizing that they're just giving, yeah. you know, it's interesting, right? What do you think of that? Well, you're, you're actually... It's one of my last articles I wrote about this movie, 2000 Mules, Dinesh DeSouza, right. not, you know, um, and uh, I really thought it was frightening because of the solution. Uh, you know, now, first of all, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the man when he showed the mules, people going up. For me, it was like, well, it must be obvious they that on Camp Stupid. Of course, they're stuffing the ballots in the back. I mean, why wouldn't they? Like, that's how you're going to cheat an election. That's where it's most vulnerable. And I've said this before. If there's an area where it could be gained and cheated, like you said. It's going to be gained and cheated, right? You said it's always right. going to be cheating. So that was one of the situations. But his solution was, let's put cameras on drop boxes. And I was like, well, what? Oh, ooh. At that election integrity uh, event I went and spoke to, one of the guys said, well, you should have a drop box party. You know, get, get some lawn chairs 25 feet away. Break out a cooler and just watch the drop boxes. I'm like, oh, okay. So now you're getting, number one, you want cameras on drop boxes, right? So for those cameras to work, you're going to need facial recognition, right? right? So now you're just fourth industrial revolution up the whole place because you can imagine right. drop boxes everywhere. Now there's cameras on those. Forget about it. Now you're really camming up the whole place. Forget about privacy. And then you're also spying on your neighbors. Mm -hmm. The solution isn't to spy on your neighbors or to get cameras. The solution is to eliminate them. They don't have them anywhere. Right. They don't have them anywhere. It's, it's, it should be it, a, an alarm should ring in your head. For a Dropbox in the middle of nowhere where we're picking the next leader of the world and it's there, unmanned, and anybody can go drop stuff in it at any time and ballot harvesting is legal, legal so I can bring thousands of ballots and stuff them in there. It's just the See, whole system's out of whack. And they are using that to the advantage. Digital ID is another one. They have those in other countries as well. So, you know, in Brazil, you can go, hey, I have my, my hard ID or my digital ID. Right. They right. have it already. It's so it's already yeah. in play. Well, what's interesting is I, this is what I always point out about government manipulation is they literally point to the thing they institute and then go, oh, there's a problem with that. Well, here's a solution. Why don't just remove the problem? Right. It's like you're they're so set on using the thing you think is the next step that you don't realize that that's why there's a problem. If you just 
remove the Dropbox and go back to what you're talking about. Well, there's no need for cameras, like it, yeah. at least in that context. And I, you know, it's it's very interesting how obvious that is. But I yeah. think you know what you paint there in the overlap, which is very interesting. And and you're, the thing is, is did you see all of those in the the elections, like Nicaragua, for instance? You're talking about did they meet all six of the things you're that you're yeah. asking? Oh yeah, about? yeah. But I yeah. mean, that's that's how I came up with the list because I was able to witness it myself. That's why I was able to say, guys, this is what I witnessed. And then, listen, there's flaws in each election system. I think Nicaragua was the best. In fact, I wanted to put let's bring U.S. Uh, standards up to Nicaraguan standards, right? But I didn't want to mess with the MAGA crowd that that hard, uh, you know what I'm saying? But, and they're, but they're I calling do tell them that. <laughs> Go ahead. They're calling it illegitimate, yes? The U.S. government? No, I mean, I don't. I, the funny thing is when I said it, let's bring it up to Colombian standards, and I said let's bring them up to Nicaraguan standards, they laughed because they know it's true because they understood since they've looked under the hood that their election system is ridiculous. And when I tell them everybody in Nicaragua needed an ID to vote, they had to go to their place, their designated poll place to vote. You know what I'm saying? It was hand-marked there. It was counted in public. It was I mean, a day the US, off. The U.S. government, though, is what I mean. Are, are they yeah. not? They're, they're insinuating this election was, was not democratic? Well, in, Nic in Nicaragua, what they did, the way they muddied the waters, is they said that Daniel Ortega didn't allow certain people on the, on the ballot. So they went to that thing. It was like, oh, of course he's going to run when he's the only name on the ballot. There Which were multiple names on the ballot. It's not right. true at all. They, well, there were people I, that were removed because mm -hmm. they didn't want to expose their funding. They didn't want to show their funding and their right. funding. Uh, and, and Ortega knew they, these people, the Samosas, they were funded by the state department. That's against right. their law. You can't get outside. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to show that. So I saw that in, in Venezuela in the past yeah. where, where they, where they removed their own candidate from the ballot and then used that as the excuse to claim that it was only Maduro. And that's their, that was the outside choice to do so. Yeah. I, I, on Nicaragua's context, I saw an example online about them claiming that there were only, his banners and they wouldn't allow banners everywhere else. And then people were quickly going, well, what about these and these and yeah. these and these and these, you know, it just shows you how my, so my point was really just that. So even though you're seeing that, even though there's independent international observers that are, that are pointing these things out and confirming these things, the U S government still does what it always does, which steps up and goes, Oh, we don't agree with what's happening. Fake election. Like they yep. lied about in Bolivia, like they lie about in Venezuela or Iran or anywhere else that's happening yep. where you can see this. And this brings me to Ukraine which yep. is an interesting perspective. I don't know if you have any insight on that. I but do. I do. It's the same exact thing we're seeing in what I just described, where over yeah. 100 international observers in the referendums that were initiated by the Donbass region, so they call them Russian referendums, which is not accurate. They claim that they weren't up to, you know, so what's your perspective on how that went down and, and, and go ahead. Well, it's funny that Wyatt Reed, who whose hotel just got hit, he thank God he's alive. Yep. Uh, we were together in Nicaragua. In fact, we went to Nicaragua. We went to Billy together, uh, and you know uh, he was there. And he got he got attacked by Keith Olbermann because he put up pictures of banners of other presidential candidates. What you were talking about the lie? Right. I think I saw from his account actually. Yeah, so that's that was kind of funny. He was over there, and now he's on a kill list. Eva Bartlett and. Vanessa were there. The first thing I asked, and, and, and this is what made me like start to see that the, there was some form of legitimacy as like, how involved were the Russians in the process? They're like, they were hands off, they were back, they were security. The people who were running this election were the people of the Donbass. And when you, that's the first step. Okay, they're running the election. Same thing that we heard from Crimea from people who went right. there. They're running the election. These are these people running their elections. And, you know, there were some hard things about the elections. When people come to, to vote, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a war torn area. 
So keeping all the, all, I'm sure all the documents and everything in, in order probably would be tough. And they, if, if I'm somebody who wanted to attack it, if I work for the State Department, I wanted to attack it, I would probably attack it. But they're like, well, how are the signatures legit? How do they know that? You know well, what I'm saying? Well, play, let's play that experiment. Go at sure. it from that direction, right? Because that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. I don't mean in a way like the absurdities of the way the U.S. government will just whole cloth lie about it, but taking it from an objective perspective, right? Don't give them excuses. Do you feel that it was up to, that it was, uh, it, it was legitimate? I do feel it was legitimate from what I also heard the, the process of voting and had the, the clear ba- boxes where the ballots went in and people saw it and they left them there and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they had situations where they took that ballot box and they went to people's houses and they said, vote right here and, you know, Mm-hmm. Go ahead, because they lived in certain areas where they couldn't make it there, war-torn, whatnot. Right. Those were the very few situations. For the most part, we heard that the places were secure. Uh, the people were on the voting rolls from different elections, from their local elections, so they were legit. They went in, they voted, and then they did the public count. Vanessa Bailey told me something, and this is something I experienced in Honduras. When I was in Honduras and I heard them do the count. Now, just think about the, the, the context of this, that you have a traffic, uh, narco-traffic government that's been propped up by the United States. Manuel Zelaya, the president, was removed in his underwear, in his pajamas in the middle of the night. Clinton, uh, Clinton was the secretary of state. Obama was the president. Shipped out of the country and then implanted with this puppet government. Then 2017, that same puppet government runs again. Uh, and even the OAS says the election is is unfair and that they should do it again. But the United States stands behind it, and Juan Orlando Hernandez becomes the president again. Is still the president. He's been just since then. He's been uh, extradited to Miami. To they're going to put him up on drug charges. But I think that's just a way of getting him out of the country so they won't kill him there in Honduras because they wanted to get rid of him. Mm. So now you have this system where it's like you're with these people. They're in the streets. They're fighting for their their. Their, their freedom. They're fighting to get rid of their government. They started doing a public count. I got emotional because we didn't even have it over here, but just he, seeing the people in there, yay for Zimara Castro, who mm. was the wife of Manuel Zelaya, who was removed and they wanted this person, this party, the Libre Party, back in power. And then there's a vote for Juan Orlando Hernandez. Boo! You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Vanessa said she experienced the same thing, the yay or the nay. And the yay is to hear to, to move away from Ukraine and become part of the Russian Federation. She said it just overcame her and she was just touched by that. You know, that's that's the power that you get with, with fair voting, with fair systems and stuff like that. Mm. You have a chance to, you know, for the people to not just to take back power, because I don't know if we ever had it, Ryan, because we right. talked about this, but to, to take power, to put the, the power in the hands of the people. This is the mechanism which which can be done and we can do it. If we fix this, we can fix so many things, but we can't fix anything until we fix this okay we'll see that's a perfect perfect transition to the next part of this so i agree with you i think the problem is is twofold or questions really there's two questions here to your point first has that ever been the case right and and that's a valid question like and well for i guess it can be threefold right really is whether whether right in this moment today whether your vote whether in nicaragua or the united states actually translates into somebody going into power whether it's always been not legitimate and we've always been played into this illusion and or and then thirdly i guess whether or not whichever one of those it was whether maybe right now we are finally seeing things happen in a legitimate way because of i mean and i don't say i only reason i include that is because of a lot has changed i mean truly we are watching this change in a very strange way the illusions breaking down around their injection conversation their foreign policy to the point to where i'm starting to believe that if 
you know, whether it's ebbed and flow throughout the years that right now we are watching an awareness happen around a lot that I've never personally seen before. And maybe it's the first time, right? So what do you think about that? Starting with the idea, first of all, whether today you feel that let's just take the United States, for example, and then we can broaden out to other places that you feel the vote that good takes place. I know it's a hard question for people that are involved. This. Do you feel that it translates into actual elections and people being in power, like knowing how corrupted they are? Well, I feel that the people in the global South and people in Latin America are moving in the right direction. I d- definitely see more of the people's choice coming to fruition over there. And I, and really to tell you the truth, the, the selections have been very indicative of the people that are voting there because a lot of people think that, you know, in the United States that they're all a bunch of Marxist communists out there. And if they can vote them all in, they'll do that. That's not the case. People down there in the, in the global South and Latin America are skeptical of Marxism too. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're fine with a uh, uh, capitalist system. So uh, you, you see these candidates like a Petro who was what I call, you know, what I'm doing right now, I call it the great compromise when I'm looking at the Libertarian Party and I'm going, this might be a party we need to look at because this might be a compromise. We're not going to get everything we want, but we'll mm-hmm. take this candidate right here because we'll get freedom of speech. We'll get freedom of press. You know what I'm saying? They will fight for those things. They will fight against big tech. They are non-interventionist. You know what I'm saying? So they're the claims of those things at the very yeah, least. Yeah, the claims, you know, I mean, well, <laughs> the, the Libertarian Party, the Mises Caucus that's moving forth now, the Scott Hortons, they're kind of like, I, I call them the Ron Paul Jesuits of sorts. So, I mean, I like the, the, but that's what they've chosen in their candidates. Petro was that, was that candidate. He wasn't left enough for a lot of the leftists there. We had the Columbia, the head of the Colombian communist party come in to talk to us when I was in Colombia. And they were like, no, we, we don't agree on a lot of things with Petro. He's not a communist. He's not a Marxist. He's a capitalist. He has ties to globalists, but he's the guy we want right now because we believe he's the best within the establishment to get the things forward that we need next. And that is mm-hmm. to end the war, to open up relationships with Venezuela. He'll get some movement done because he has played from the inside the establishment. So he's the candidate now. So I think you'll see a lot more of that. And you have throughout the global South. The only difference is in the United States, we're moving the wrong way. We're moving the opposite way. I think they've had candidates in the past that have gotten in and they're like, okay, we can't have this anymore because a person like Cynthia McKinney, could really cause up a big ruckus. Yeah, she yeah. called for an independent investigation on 9-11. Rahm Emanuel said she wasn't a team player. So they've actually they've actually tightened and spread out their control mechanisms. I am really surprised that Shama Swant won in Seattle. They were spending millions of dollars to get it. She had a city council seat to get her out, but they couldn't get her out. So I think there's certain areas where they can still overwhelm the whole process, but in other areas... They've just got a complete control. So we're moving in one direction and while the global South and Latin America is moving in a different direction. And that is mainly because of number one, we've mm-hmm. gotten lazy. We've, mm-hmm. we've, we've hands off, you know, we back in the days, there used to be handmarked paper ballots and they used to be counted in public in certain counties and certain places that doesn't exist anymore, especially after the help America vote act, Hava act, another George W. Bush, freaking law that came into play it wasn't just the patriot act or the aumf he screwed up elections for good because that mandated in a lot of areas machine counting because of the situation they had in florida with the hanging chats so right. we're moving in one direction which is not a good direction even after 2020 it's still convoluted it's still messed up they still have mass mallets they were able to change a lot of these laws illegally they're being fought but some of those practices are still in play so they have more of a grip while the global south is moving in a different direction, people are starting to pick their own leaders and take their own sovereignty back into their own hands. How long will that last before the United States empire starts jumping up? Right. I can see DeSantis licking his chops. 
He's a guy that will go right into Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. I don't think he'll hesitate. Right. So it's how long could it last and how long could we fight back against the propaganda machine? So sad. It's, it's very so sad. sad. It, well, just think about the idea that whether or not it is actually translating, that these the people are motivated and they're mobilized and they're trying to make a difference over there. And and at least as, as you're seeing it, because I'm not there, but the point is that the government, with all the observers and what's happening, just don't like the result. So they frame it the exact reverse, right? So we're free in democracy over here, as you claim it's going in the direction. And I completely agree. It's the opposite and yeah. are and attacking anybody else over here doing the thing they don't like as the ones that are illegal and illegitimate. And it's just so sad because it just drives, you know, it, the point is you create situations where people get irrational. I think yeah. they, they drive people to take action they think is justified because what else can you do when you're called the terrorist, when you're called the criminal, when you're only fighting for what you believe is yours? It's, it's, it's intentional, you know, yeah. but to the U.S. specifically, though, like I, I agree to the point you made. It definitely makes a difference. Even today, I think whether we're talking international level or county, right? If you're going to go vote for the school board, I think that makes a difference. I think you can get John from your corner, your, your cul-de-sac to be on a school board and he'll make a difference because he's a real person. But I think at some level we lose that. And I think that gets into the controlled level of these elitists that are yeah. bred into this in their own perspective, right? Their, their families have a right to rule kind of a mindset, whether yeah. it's politically or not, or, you know, the bloodline or not. But I think so the question comes to let's just take the presidential election, right? With everything we're talking about, and I, we, I, we can even play the Clint Curtis clip because I think it's important because I opened up a lot of people's minds to what is happening, not just possible, what for sure is happening. How with everything we have in front of us, do we pretend that the votes are truly translating into electing a president? What do you think on that? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I really wish I can get in some people's I, minds. I respect like, that answer, by the way. I really, really do. I just don't know why, how people can really just accept this lying down. I mean, mm -hmm. when you talk about just even the proprietary software, proprietary, the word, the definition means closed. Like, it's not, you're not allowed to look at it. It's a publicly funded election. Like, why would you even accept that on face value? Why would you even say, like, wait, I don't even want to question whether or not it's fair or not. Just the fact that we have proprietary software in a publicly funded election. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. And, 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 and the lack of a chain of custody is nuts. You know what I'm saying? To, to think that, that these ballots can come out of left field and to think that it's legit. The system itself is, is what puzzles me is why people don't point at it and say, all right, this is messed up. We can do this the right way. But, you know, the propaganda is deep. And they tell people this is why we have to do this. They have to do that. They even throw in race a lot of times and saying, if you don't accept these rules about no ID right. or drop boxes or extended time to vote, you're being racist. So, I mean, they've, they've taken out all the weapons Mm -hmm. to make sure that this Fugazi system stays in play. And this is right. a powerful video right here because, once again, the, politici the, politi the politicizing of this, this thing sometimes pisses me off. When Sidney Powell and Ru Rudy Giuliani were starting to open up the investigations for these elections, about 90% of the stuff they said was really on point. But there's like a couple things they said that were really messed up. One of the things they tried to claim was that Hugo Chavez was the one who asked right. – for a vote flipping mechanism to fix his election. Well, the only problem is it happened uh, three years after this guy went up and did this testimony. Right, right. And before we play this, I think it's important. What, what's interesting is whether or not it is translating to 100% an illusion or 
that it's being manipulated. Like, it doesn't have to mean, like, my point simply is that we know this is happening. We know that they're vying in every possible way to manipulate this. So even understanding that at the core value, the argument that we should just vote better, harder, more, change people, yeah. it's just, it's an illusion in and of itself. I'm at the point, though, where I'm arguing it's not even that it's just aggressively cheated constantly, which in and of itself should be enough to stop, but that it's actually controlled to the point to where these things don't even mean anything other than our engagement. You know, and that's kind of the point that I'm getting at. And so this this alone doesn't prove that it's happening today, but it proves on the record. And I'll read I'll read the intro here on the, on the video that was posted that the that there are politicians that have paid people to manipulate the, the results of these machines. And so and that was never addressed, like truly, because these same machines were used in the next election, the same companies, the same software. And mm-hmm. to this very day, these same companies are being used. I know you're aware of all of this. So here's what yeah. it says. This is this is posted on 2006. It says computer programmer testifies it's Clint Curtis that Tom Feeney, speaker of the House of Florida at the time, currently U.S. representative. This is 2006 of the representing in the district tried to pay him to rig election to election vote counts. And this is what he said. Now, this it's a. a uh, sorry, let me get the disc. It's 11 minute video. We don't have to play the whole thing. I just want to play the beginning and then let me know if I want if you want to jump to any points that you remember. But it's just the main part of it. The beginning part is them. Yeah. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside? Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer. Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Oviedo, Florida, that did just that. And when you say did, did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. So before we keep going, there's your point right there. That's, yeah. that's the proprietary code right there. Right there. I mean, it's, it's – and so – how in the world? I mean, I, I'm just laughing at the guy behind him going like, yeah, you know, like this is it. It's over. You know, he's like, I cheer and nothing, literally nothing happened unless I'm missing something. What what was the consequence of this? There was no Not, action nothing, at all. N- yeah. Nothing. Now, now the supposedly even from the public, the public was uh, was now made aware of what was going on, but yet nothing changed. I mean, that's what would Phil Evans in, in this last election integrity uh, hearing I went to. He would show you like the way the. The system was working the way you know you, you have a you have a vote pattern, mm. and it usually stays very very consistent. And this is like you can go hundreds or hundreds of thousands of of elections, and it runs very consistent. But with these areas which they see these vote mechanisms, these these float flippings, they go like this. And it's and that's what Benny Smith did. Benny was able to build upon Clint Curtis's work. You know, mm-hmm. Clint Curtis worked for NASA at one point, so this is going way back. Benny, who got a hold of the code, he runs blackboxvoting.org, uh, which is uh, Deb Harris's stuff. Deb Harris was known as like the goat of election integrity, uh, you know, back in the days. 
um, they have these things called weighted features. And it's a feature. It's not a bug. It's a feature. In other words, if you have a voting system where you own like condominiums, like so let's say you're part of a, a condo association and your place is 1,300 square feet, my place is 1,100 feet, you get more of a representation. You get more of a vote because of, uh, because of your the size of your place. Well, that's mm-hmm. called a weighted feature. Mm-hmm. That's what they have in these side these machines. They have a weighted features so they don't even have to take like one vote and flip it to him they can take percentages of votes mm. and you're not looking at the software so you can't see anything so literally you can take percentages of votes and they usually have them at at a certain time when all these votes come in you know what i'm saying and and and, and clint even said he goes to to fix this you'd have to take the, the the hand counted votes and match it up with the tally that came out of the machines right well why don't we do that we should do that for every election in every room you know, but they oh, that's too many votes. Like, no, no. If you have each voting room or table, they would call it a mesa or an acta or a room. Around four hundred people would vote in that room, and they'd have many rooms just like that. So they're in a you're in a school now, and it says go to room seven A, go to room twelve B, and you there's four hundred votes there. So at the end, when everybody counts, they're counting four hundred votes, and they hit their tally sheets. But they can do that because they have the people participating and then they have the system in play where the chain of custody is there and the the public can see what's going on they keep it simple stupid we can do this i argue i can just to be clear 100 agree the more involvement investment by the people the better i mean it's an absolute not even the better it's an absolute necessity however in in regard to being fair and 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 honest however i argue that the government if they wanted to could do this fair and and honest without that Especially where we are today, even without using electronics and stuff like that, there's enough government employees, let's say, you know, I'm, just, I'm simply pointing out the fact that that's not necessary for the government should they want to be honest. The point is they don't want to be. Yeah. And that's yeah. why the people being involved makes that, you know, it's all about accountability. It's the same reason we do this in any other setting. People can be dishonest. That's an absolute. absolute. And anybody, yeah. if they choose to, I mean, even taking the, I think this is why there's so much leaning in regard to the political, you know, post 2016, we saw this flip. Where it wasn't just we disagree anymore. It was that you're literally murdering people with your ideas. You are yeah. killing the country by having this kind. It's, that's crazy, right? Yeah. We got we got radicalized by the media, and they're framing the people being objective today as the radicals, which is kind of hilarious. But I think that's how this goes. So you got people that are justifying lying and cheating and stealing because they will absolutely kill everybody. You know, and yes, that's, that's how it works. Yes, that that dude. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the thing. It's like, well, well, people were involved in the cheating. How can they just justify it in their own mind? Like we saw the videotape of the of the box underneath, you know, pulling them out in Georgia, putting them on, which is illegal. They're not allowed to be on the floor, let alone under a table, let alone under a table with a cloth. Those right. ballots are, you know, they're invalid now. That's it. So I mean, when people yeah. go, oh, but you know, I mean, I think it's a little bit of column A and column B. Column A saying that, yeah, you're going to justify somebody cheating because it's Donald Trump. We can't let the freaking Nazi come into things. So if I have to right. cheat, I mean, pretty much in the Time Life magazine cabal yes. article, they yes. justified cheating. They straight up made the argument with this is we I mean, look, this isn't even a covered argument anymore. They have numerous times from high level positions argue that we can't just let Trump win. Yeah, look at what he is. And it's like, so you don't care about democracy then? Like, it's just such a childish stance to take that we care until we decide it doesn't matter anymore. So you're just you're just a liar. You're just a hypocrite. You know, it's just basic, basic. The, the the argument was that they were saving democracy by not participating in it. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was exactly. just, but I do Why believe column B, by the way, is more useful idiots, though. 
Brian. I yeah. really believe that it's all about that. It's just that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, how many times do you, I don't know if you've ever had, ever had any sales jobs back in the days, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Like the people who were selling you the bill of goods, they believed in that product, whatnot. And then you believe in that product as well. Only the guy who makes the product all on the top knows it's a Fugazi BS product, but you know, he's selling everybody else that bill of bill of right bill of goods and people buy into it so i think this is just a lot more useful idiots than anything out there but there are people well, who justified the cheating because of that you know i agree i well, i just always add the caveat i agree with that statement in the context of the people involved in this process but you point to this and that's the point we're making before is that so many people have checked out of this process and that's again we always point out that's the largest voter block these days of people that aren't really invested and it's because of that exact point that we're like, well, this is broken. Like, I, I mean, I'm not even like, there's not even an option on the table to point out that we think this is, and we'll get to that next, I think. And that's the abstention conversation that nobody wants you to understand is there because yeah. you do have a vote. You realize it's broken. You realize they're cheating. You realize it's an illusion of choice. That's when you have the choice of abstention politically. So, but I guess the point is so many Americans have checked out because yeah. they realize that, you know, and it's, it's continues in that way. And I think they use it to their advantage. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, they do. It, it, people just don't care about what's going on because they don't believe that the system works for them. So they have checked out and they figured, listen, I just got to concentrate on going, putting food on my table, keep a roof over my head. So I can't be bothered with this. And, you know, but that's also too the nefarious thing about the election system when it's rigged. Right. So now somebody gets elected. And the people actually think that, okay, well, this is what the public wanted. They wanted him. Right. So I have to accept that. And therefore, they accept the the wrong choices. They accept the wrong decisions being made. They accept the lies that were given to them. And therefore, right. they think, it's a, well, if that's what the majority of people wanted, then but I have to they, accept though? But do they, though? And that's the, the other the, that was the finished point of that that I left off, the caveat there. Not just – it's the, the, the bigger part that – is that the majority? I think at every point today we need to ask, I agree with the sentiment, and that's my point about those that are involved in the process, but I think the real question is whether the majority actually thinks that way or that they just are like us or people like us without the the mediums through which to scream their opinions. And they, they get cast into the representation of either not caring or, the, the you know what I mean? I, I just don't buy it. I think we're starting to see that the, the majority perception is not accurate at the very least right now. I, I think that, but I guess we have no other way but to continue forward and try to find out what the things you're proposing would certainly let us know. Yeah. But I think this is interesting just to go back to the video. I want to play a little bit more before we finish is that you search for this video today and guess what? You don't find it. <laughs> Clint yeah. Curtis voting machines. I mean, that is the best possible thing you could write in to look for that video with all the different tags and it, it's nowhere. It is literally nowhere. Big surprise, but you'll find it if you dig hard enough. Right. Yeah. But let's, let's keep watching this a couple more parts it. of this video. Than that, you won't see it. All right, Mr. Curtis, uh, if you had been asked, you or others with your professional expertise had been asked to design a protective program to that would protect the Ohio elections from against against such software to fix the election, could you have done so? If we've been asked to make a program that could fix the election? Sure, anybody can do it. No, could you have designed a program or a procedure or a protocol that would have protected Ohio against this kind of rigging? No, you have to look at the source code. You have to get probably programmers from both or all parties to look at the source code and determine if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there. I mean, it's a simple program. You're adding one to a person's total. It's 100 lines of code tops. All right, if... uh, 
Are you aware of whether there was any protective action in Ohio against this kind of vote rigging through software? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You were, you were not asked to assist in the development of any protective system, is that correct? No, I was not. That's an interesting point, actually, in the context of how they always frame this. And I think that's where he's getting at with that line of questioning is the idea that, oh, well, their only reason they're doing this is to be able to know how to protect themselves from the bad guys. Mm -hmm. That's always how they play this, right? Same thing with the the bio, you know, the, the BSL-4 labs. No, no, we're making bioweapons so we can make vaccines to protect you. Yeah. And the one in a billion chance somebody happens to make the same secret thing we're making. Like, it's just so stupid and childish, yes. but it's the same kind of argument. And the point is, no, we didn't design anything to protect ourselves from it. We were designing things to stop and manipulate the elections. I think that's, I didn't pick up on that really the last time I watched this. Yeah. And well, that's and also too, as well is, uh, the, the, I think probably that person who was questioning uh, is referring to the John Kerry situation in Ohio where they found the vote flipping, you know, they kind of did right. a test and they, you know, they, they were able to examine some of the source code, but they couldn't get it because it was proprietary and whatnot. But they found out there was a vote flicking, uh, flipping mechanism. So I think with that, you know, since people are, you know, he's going to assume that most people are small minded. He's going to say, OK, you've been asked to create a machine, but you weren't in Ohio. OK, OK. So, yeah, our guy won legitimately. I see, I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah, he's yeah. trying to say, point out that this guy didn't do anything in Ohio. And that's the area that's unsuspect. Well, no, no. What he actually specifically asked was whether you made something in Ohio to protect us from the thing from that, that you're yeah, yeah. to make right so that's it but you're right i mean it could go either way right i mean it's, yeah. it's in, an interesting point i let me hold on was there is there i think there was one more point he was going to make here unless i is that the do you remember the video i haven't watched it in a long time yeah, it's been a while but let's yeah. watch one more minute let's see in europe have you uh, reviewed at all the election results in ohio no i haven't okay given the availability of such uh, boat rigging software and the testimony that has been given under oath of substantial statistical anomalies and gross dis dis differences between exit polling data and the actual tabulated results. Do you have an opinion whether or not Ohio election, the Ohio election, presidential election, was hacked? Yes, I would say it was. I mean, if, you're, if you have exit polling data that is significantly off from the vote, then it's probably hacked. Well, that's certainly relevant, isn't it? Do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it, that's the whole thing. The exit polling data is what really the Bernie Sanders case, you know, was built upon. Uh, you know, there was other lawyers that were trying to involve in other states going to try to show the exit polling how they're way off. Uh, but exit polling by historically has always been so close on. It's always been within like 1%, you know, and if you're within 1, 2%, you're okay. But these exit polls that were happening during Bernie Sanders, they were like 6%, 7%, 8% off. Something was wrong. So it's kind of funny that you can go all the way back to this date. And he's saying, right. well, yeah, I would say if my opinion it was hacked because of the exit polling data, which is usually on compared to what the numbers you got, that would make you want to say, let's open this sucker up and take a look at it right. because it's obviously something there. But they've eliminated exit polls. In fact, at one point after the Bernie Sanders uh, in 2016 primary they just stopped doing them they stopped doing them they're like we're not going to even do these anymore because they were just exposing themselves that's how right. far off elections have been and how far they in know. these last several years like they know that's what it shows i mean you can read into it if that's what it seems that that would suggest that they are aware that's the way to glimpse into the illusions or that so they just get rid of that it's 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 wild to me but so but so the idea being well first of all i would take issue with the word hacked i i think that's the guy framed it who was asking the question I, it's not hacked if you 
wrote the software and you're simply using it, but nonetheless, it's the same, same point. But so what do you think, where's the overlap here in your, in your opinion, in what we're seeing for not just Bernie Sanders, but the Trump election, if, if any. Well, the first one of my first election integrity uh, activists, the kind of uh, my mentor, she says, listen, it's like a spider web. There's all different types of mechanisms. So when you start looking in one area, they'll go switch to the other. Mm. There was probably areas in which maybe they messed around with the computers, uh, I think, with maybe some type of weighted mechanism. Uh, I think Arizona might have been one of those areas. But the thing about it is, in this particular election, being that it was COVID, they had all these other ways in, they can, in which they can manipulate the election. They right. created all these rules. The drop boxes, the mass mail-outs. They've right. been practicing the mail-out system game before, so they had it already intact. They knew what to do. So in this particular situation, I think it was definitely way off. I think in Bernie Sanders' election, and, and, and Phil Evans showed this too, the last couple of Trump candidates, they used the vote, they used the flipping mechanism, and once again, the weighted fractions to go ahead and steal elections. When you look at the pattern analysis, and these patterns are usually on, you know what I'm saying? When you see messed up patterns, you know when and where to look. The only problem is the system doesn't allow us to look. The system keeps us shut out. So no matter what, we, you know, he's he Clint Curtis is talking about we need to look at the source code. Well, you're not allowed to look at the source code. It's illegal. Right. It right. belongs to Dominion, which was Diabol back in the days, or it belongs to ESNS. We're not allowed to look at it. And he's telling you back then, that's when computers were still like they're nothing what they are today. Right. Well, you can easily mess with, election, uh, mess with an election if you don't look and examine the source code. Well, we have the same problems today. We have the same mechanisms today. It's the power doesn't lie with those who cast the vote the power lies with those who count the vote and we still have and here's something else too as well when i was in brazil they use a dre system a direct recorded electronical device right which i can never ever endorse but in this particular case everything's open source nothing's connected to the internet i went from room to room with my phone seeing if i could pick up a signal from any any machine couldn't do that in america they're hooked to the internet <laughs> there's, there's no right. two ways about it. They say there's an air gap. It can't do it. No, they're hooked. For, they're hooked to the internet. So therefore, it's easier to cheat from a from a you know from a distance away. In other words, the least amount of evidence you put out there, the harder it is you get caught. Right. So even though you put something in the system that can flip the vote right off the bat, you might want to wait and concentrate your vote flipping or your cheating or your fraudulent areas and areas that you need to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's why right. early early counting is early fraud. If yeah. I'm if I get to count a week and a half out, right before the election, before the official election date, I know which guy of mine, my established guy, is going to need help. So now I can either get ballots in that area, or I can take away ballots in that area. In other words, I'm getting the playbook of the team I'm playing weeks before advance. So that's another thing too, as well. And I know I'm kind of drifting off over here. No, no, no. Go but, ahead. I'm just but, trying to put some links in the background. No, it's just it, it. It's just everything that 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 Clinton was talking about right over there is still in play. Mm -hmm. We don't look at the source code. The source codes are proprietary. Sorry, so no, no, it's okay. It's just there's so much overlap from what he said over there. And like I said before, we said early in the in, in the show, things are getting worse. They're not getting better. Right. And I, I, again, I think it's intentional because the more convoluted it is, the more. The, the more impossible it becomes to be to like 
crack it open and look inside, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not as simple as going, let's just look and see. No, there's a thousand different directions and 15 different thousand people. You know, there's no accountability. There's no one person to ask. There's no one. It's meant to be like that, I argue. Yeah. And I think it's easy to manipulate. And then, especially as you added, now they just got the added argument that, well, COVID or whatever new risk we have hanging over the discussion. Who knows what's going to happen during this time? You know, they're going to want to keep it that way because it's easily controlled. And I think, I personally think that's the case, but so I I have some, some clips. That's why I didn't mean to play that for the moment I did, but the clip from uh, this is showing the Democrats making the same argument about the voting machines. And I just, this is why, this is my point about how I don't see how it's possible that the majority of people can be this willfully obtuse about the hypocrisy, right? So how can you possibly have a situation during 2020, let's say, where you have the Democrats arguing that it's fake news, that you, how dare you undermine the, you know, the election integrity? It's like you were literally just saying Russia hacked the election like 40 seconds ago. It's a big lie. Right. Or the point about the voting machines, though, like where you can't. So so we point out that the voting machines are potentially compromised and you guys scream about how we're undermining the integrity of democracy, except they were just saying this before. And that's why I brought this up a second ago. This is 2019. This is just general corporate media. This is ProPublica, but they're making arguments. And you made the the mention of ES&S. There's four major ones, but ES&S, in my research at the time, seemed to be the larger problem. But as usual, they pointed Dominion from both sides of the paradigm. That seems like a choice to me. But there's a lot of conversation to be had about how clear it is. And uh, this there's the clip I'll play here in regard to the Democrats at the time making the same argument about how these machines were problematic, but then were ignoring that when it came to. are susceptible to tampering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. I got you. Right? Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP and two. I mean, it goes on and on and on, yeah, right? I, I mean, so, so, so how is it possible that we could be in a position where they can rant like this and it's all in the video? You can look it up on YouTube and yet then they can act like it's un like they're just horrified, clutching their pearls that anybody would undermine the like it's just it's childish. That's my point. How there's that's that's not real. People don't buy it if it's that simple. Well, they buy it because we 
are sometimes that simple that we can be manipulated that we can i think the team sports element is the thing that just yes. plays into everything more than anything like you said so many things changed in 20, 2016 the way we talk to each other you know it used to be like hey man your political ideology isn't the person you are now your political ideology is exactly who you are so it's working on so many different ways and it is kind of crazy that they've created that it's the big lie and everything's okay as soon as they got the results they want everything is all right but mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying tds is the thing and it turned into cds it went from and trump yeah, derangement and, and, syndrome to COVID derangement syndrome and it applies to everybody i think within the paradigm i agree completely it's it all does. sides yeah so that's where we're at you know and it really is a shame that we are taking this line down we should be stomping on the streets but unfortunately team sports you know yeah, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think that that is the biggest issue is that people allow that to circumvent their logic, you know, when, when it comes down to this stuff. But it's, you know, all these things said and done, I think it's impossible. This is why I take the stance at this point that I can't, I don't, I would never, I would never argue I know for sure. I would never say that because I can't prove it. But yeah. I don't know why anybody sleeps comfortably at night feeling like these things translate to presidents. I mean, it's just painful to see how willfully dishonest they are at every possible level. Lobbyists driving the, the charge when it comes to who actually is, you know, 98% of the time person who spends the most money ends up in the presidential position. It's pretty obvious to see how that works, you know, and, so, and, and, and that's not always, but it's most of the time. But I guess it comes down to we need to start being realistic about this, in my opinion. And I want this to be the case. I've always said that representative just voting in general in an honest system is paramount. Yeah. But we shouldn't assume the first part. I mean, it's just the most obvious, important thing that if we start from a wrong situation, you know, we start with a broken foundation, we're going to have a broken building. I mean, it's as simple as that. But go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, all right, listen, we can't prove that it was fixed because they don't give us the tools to go in there and audit it properly. It's not transparent. It's a closed system. So whatever they tell us, we have to accept is what they're trying to say to us. But I think we just have to look at it like, and this is why I do love the work I do when I get to go down to these countries and say, hey, look, dude, they can do it here in Nicaragua. If they can do it in Nicaragua, we can do it over here. Let's just keep it simple, stupid. You know what I'm saying? And there's obviously a lot of people now, there's a lot of conservatives or MAGA people who are on that train now because they got cheated and now they see what's going on and whatnot. And I think we'll have some more people moving forward. It's just that how do we get the other people now who are still holding their ground, holding their position just because of Trump, you know what I'm saying? How do we get them back on that horse where all those Democratic leaders over there were saying this thing's messed up, this is messed up? Because if we can somehow do it, and it affects them more than anything, the grassroots and the left Oh, my God. In the primaries, they're getting destroyed left and right. And if they had a fair system, they would have more of those represent- people representing them. They run people all the time. Remember that whole plan in 2016? We're going to go into the Democratic Party. We're going to change it from the inside, just like the mafia. Well, the reason why they're not changing it is because they don't have fair elections. And if they had fair elections, they would see that change. Those people are the yeah. most affected. And they're the most that are just once again, just grinding their gears and holding their position just based on emotion and feelings rather than logic. Because if you look at the system for what it is and, you know, going down and seeing fair systems, you nobody, not one person could just be able to stand here and say, hey, man, I believe this person was elected simply from the system in itself is just cartoonish, cartoonish. Right. right. I mean, so, you know, I, maybe you can't say it's, it's fake, but how can you say it's real? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think the important thing is to have skepticism, even about a, even even about Nicaragua, you know, about any of these locations, especially since we do see a very hard to miss global agenda playing out. And a lot of these countries, whether having fair elections or not, 
are invested in a larger agenda that does seem to circumvent people's sovereignty. So I'm very concerned about how that is being pulled from an international level. But that's a very hard and, and ob- ob- obscured thing to get into. But I just think it's, I'm, I'm, we're at a point where there's more than enough evidence internationally, local, for people to have a to valid to have a valid question about whether or not these things are even made to translate into elections and really just the the opium of the masses the idea to get us to be invested in something that we think gives us the the, the steering wheel but really it's the you know the analogy of the child steering wheel in a car yeah. where they're actually driving and i just think it's 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 dangerous for us not to ask that question as much as we feel or we've been taught that even asking that question undermines the democracy that's how they play the game Right. Yeah. It's the same reason they say you can bring it up now, but they can't bring it up then. It's just about when you're allowed to ask the questions. Right. And we yeah. all need to realize that's control, you know. So I, I want to end with the, the question about because I, I didn't expect us to come to solve the issue in the show today. You know, but the, the idea of if you're in that position, it like me and you're in a situation where you feel that the, the entire premise is broken. You know, like where there's not it's not about engaging in a broken situation that you're going to consent to a system that's designed to steal that from you. What do you feel that you do in this situation? That's why I want to talk about your thoughts on abstention yeah. and the, why well, that's such a clouded, undefined thing, especially in the United States. Well, it's kind of funny because there's there's the part of, of like if we had a voting system and, you know, when they tell people go vote, like I'm like, no, if, if you don't know anything about what's going on and. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather you, I'd rather you abstain and not vote. So I'm not one of well, those people who say go vote, go vote, go to vote. To be very clear, just to start yeah. off with this, not voting is not the same as abstention, right? So yeah. they're, 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 if you're truly abstaining, you're literally going in there and writing down abstention, check, you know, and, and then putting yeah. it in the box. Yeah. But of course, they don't even count that anymore, right? That is part of the bastardization of the system. But yes. go ahead, go ahead. You know, I, I, I did. I, I wanted to take the opportunity to say people who don't know what's going on should just be quiet and not vote. But yeah, I mean, that, that I know what you mean by abstaining. And Steve is one of those guys who say you shouldn't vote at all. The only thing you should do is lock those doors shut until they give us a system that works and not participate in it. But the, I'm one of those people who believe in creating evidence. So I'm going to go vote every single step of the way. I'm going to create as much of a paper trail or any type of evidence out there so I can push back against the system and say it's not fair. So, I mean, whatever tactic you choose to use, you know what I'm saying, that's fine. I think in Iran, they just had the, we're talking about their elections not too long ago. They had the lowest turnout ever and in their last election, I think, and over, well, not ever, but for, in a long time because a lot of people just didn't want to participate in, 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 in the process. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm good with that. I, I think you should always participate in the process because the process itself, right, you know, it's okay. the it's the illusion of choice, just like the two party illusion. Elections give us the illusion of choice, especially when they're not fair. I don't want anybody to take that away from us. I don't want anybody to say we can't do this. This is the process. One person, one vote. I believe Adam and Eve took a vote, you know, <laughs> so, you know, what I'm saying, unfortunately, he lost the tiebreaker, I guess. But uh, I believe that you should always vote. I always believe that you should keep you know uh, create a create a a, a a trail of evidence you know if the system's unfair and i don't believe that should be taken away from us whatsoever because that's what they want they they want us not participating they want us not well, caring so I, I don't necessarily i don't know if i agree with that i i agree to a certain extent but here's the thing for me and this is where this is where it gets into the 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 difference let's take iran's example now, not even get it to get into whether that's the accurate representation or whether there's propaganda involved, but take it from a U.S. perspective. Mm-hmm. If 
the Iranian or the United States citizen believes that they're being lied to. Like, let's say your belief is, and let's just even take it one step further. Let's say you're right. Let's say that when you put that ballot in that box, it gets thrown in the garbage. Let's just say that's the fact. Not mm-hmm. everyone is aware of it, but let's, for the sake of conversation, that's what happens. Not everybody knows that. What do you do? What's your, what's your action in that situation? Well, I mean, that's what we got to do. We, I, are you asking me like... No, no, hypothetically. I'm not trying yeah. to put you... Hypothetically, yeah, yeah. we're in a world... Yes. Whatever that is, where where you in this country you vote and you know pasta that they mm-hmm. throw it in the garbage, but not everybody else knows that. Do you still go in and write your name down and go down no. on the list as documenting yes, no. as voting? Yes, you still okay. do it. Explain and then, and why, therefore, why? because then then you can if, if a lot of people do that, then you can have a situation which we just had, right, where where, where people are questioning in the system. Now they are starting well, to. Well, hold on, though. They threw your vote away, though. They threw it in the garbage can. So no, yes. it, it didn't. It didn't influence anything other than your perception of it and how they use the idea that you consented to give themselves power in that situation. Well, I here's the thing: if if that happens to multiple people, though, right? Don't you have like a, a, a what's the word I'm I'm looking for when everybody realizes something? I don't want to say a reckoning, but you have this kind of uh, awakening, enlightenment. That's what we have, right? So the more yeah. it happens to people, the more we can have that type of awakening. I think that there's two ways to either it, it you can do you can fix an election by subtraction, throwing it away, throwing it in the trash, or by addition, right? But if we participate in this whole situation where we're kind of we're voting, and then overwhelmingly we see that the votes are either going into the trash or they're getting these votes from somebody else. That's going to make us examine and examine the system. And once we examine the system, then we can dem- ask for a better system and demand a better system. Okay. Right I now, go ahead, go ahead. I was no, just going to say, right now we have one group that's demanding a better system, and maybe it has to happen again to the other side before they demand a better system. But we are in the we are in the process of one learning our system. More people are looking into it, learning the system, and then two, we're we're pushing for that change. So there's, the, there's so the idea is to get to a point where we can get the change where it could be a legitimate system. But we if we just I'm with you on that. If we exit out of the system altogether, I don't know if that's well, no, no. But see, that. again, but see, there's the confusion that nobody's exiting anything. First of all, You're, we're talking about abstaining. Yeah. Right. Abstaining, Which is a, yeah. it, this, I mean, I should be clear about this to begin for those people that need to understand that this is a very important political thing to understand. Yes. Right. This is a valid political vote. It goes right back to the founding fathers. The idea that you actually you're putting your 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 vote in in this case an abstention location or writing abstention and putting it in the box. That's supposed to be tallied. That's supposed to be literally written down as abstention. Yes, no abstention. They just choose to pretend that doesn't exist anymore, like jury nullification. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. a valid vote. That's not not voting. That's voting yeah. abstention. Right. So the problem is, is that to and you get to a point where today where people that might have otherwise choose to vote abstention don't because they know it doesn't even get counted. Right. So you've been boxed out. Right. Yeah. My point, yeah. though, is to go back to your your point. I agree with you, except the problem is that the people, let's just say the MAGA group that have realized or the Republicans that realized they were stolen from. Yeah, that's not that's their opinion. I agree. But that's not some mass realization that's posted and publicly talked about. They act like they're crazy. Right. So the only change that's happened is they are aware of something that they would have otherwise been aware of, regardless of how they voted. You see what I'm saying? Like, if yeah, they yeah. all here, here's my argument. If they all would have instead, this massive, let's just call it the majority of the country, had gone out and literally chose to either put their right abstention, which wouldn't get counted, or literally protest and not do anything, that would have translated to what we see in Iran, where you've got the, unless they lie about it, which could also happen, which is just, mm-hmm. that's where we're going. 
you have a representation of the smallest voter turnout in history. Now, what does that show us about Iran, if that is true, from the outside perspective? It shows, one, people don't trust their government. People don't believe in their government. People don't believe their government represents them. That's yeah. a big statement to make, right? So now whether yeah. they capitalize on that to an international community or not, that's up to them. But I argue you make more of a difference and more of a statement to, a, to the world about what's really going on in that than you do with what MAGA is doing right now. What do you think? I, I think there's, there, I think there's a, a lot of uh, good points that you bring up there too as well. I mean, I don't know why for me abstention always just seems more about the candidate rather than the actual system I'm voting against when I'm abstaining. It's almost like I'm saying, in my mind, I guess I was saying that I don't like either one of these candidates. That's why I'm like, okay, write somebody in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but okay, uh, I would agree with that. You, I mean, yeah. right? The, uh, it's per- specifically reserved for if you feel that the the choice is illegitimate, if you feel mm-hmm. that the, there's not all the choices included, or if you just disagree with the premise entirely, right? Like it just gives you an option or any other fill in the blank possibility that we can't think of right now. It's like, that's what that's for. Like, well, you know what? I don't want yes or no. And I'm, I'm just going to abstain, but I want to be involved. I want my name to be listed on the, the list of people who were involved, which again, just doesn't happen today. You know, so I guess the question comes down to and, you know, maybe you'll be proven right. Maybe once we see the end result of whatever the Republicans are doing with all of this, you know, maybe that will translate. But again, if we truly understand, as I think we've shown even through the show, that that's not the reality, that it's also broken on the right and the left, that the people that are the people might be different, but the people leading the charge of what they claim they exposed yeah. by voting in a broken system that then stole it from them. They're part of the problem. I, we, we, we need to see that. That's the left right paradigm. And it keeps cycling. So I get it there. You know, again, this is an impossible conversation in a situation that's been set up to be impossible for the same reason the elections are. But if you're at a point and come back to the main question and we can we can end it here because I know this is I, you know, I, I just think that it's an obvious reality. That if we see that we're that it's broken, that your vote doesn't translate. If that is the reality, what then do you do? Do you keep voting? And I'm not saying that's where we are. I believe that. For the hypothetical conversation, what are your choice then? Because to go and vote in a situation you know that doesn't translate is simply putting your name on a broken system and saying, do things in my name. That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't argue that. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I don't, I don't have the, all the answers on what we should do right. because I'm right. trying to figure that out as we go along. I just know that the first part of solving the problem is realizing you have a problem. And I think a lot of people don't realize we have that problem. I agree. So exposing that problem and, and don't get me wrong. I'd love to do, I'd love to be part of something like this where we just all, everybody go and abstain. Everybody go and write down. We're going to abstain. If that's what you here. believe in. If yeah. that's what you believe in, you know? Well, I do, but once again, they don't even count these now anymore. They throw it, you know what I'm saying? They bastardized the system where, you know, it was part of our democracy where you can stand up against the system and say it's broken. But now they're just, you know, it's just, once again, they've made it about red team, blue team. And they don't even count these. You know what I'm saying? That they don't even concentrate on them. They don't even talk about them. You know, we're so far removed from any type of transparency to understand. You know what I'm saying? It'd be great if we had a transparent system where we did public counting. And then you can say one abstention. Yay. Two abstentions. Where people can actually witness it and see it and and, and see you know the repercussions of of what it is actually doing and and, and how it can be uh, weaponized for the people against the system. I think that would be great, but they don't even allow us to get that. They don't even let us see that. So, I mean, all we can do now is just continue to point out the system, the flaws within the system, 
uh, point to other countries as an example that do have free and fair elections, or at least somewhat, you know, free fair elections. If we continue to do that, hopefully we'll get some movement here and there. There are some bills that have come down the road in Georgia and whatnot. You know, what I'm saying where we can see some things. They are fighting for public counting in certain areas. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we should all whatever the it's like the inside outside strategy, right? That we're talking about over here. Here's a good method. Here's a good method. Mm-hmm. Continue to do it all. And I like this. I, I I love this whole idea. I would love to for them when they're when they're tallying up all the votes, they would say Trump got five thousand, Biden got two thousand, three thousand abstained. If they were able to show that and we could see the fruit of our labor. Yeah. That's awesome. Or more specifically, as I think it would translate to, is 1,000 here, 500 here, 40,000 abstains. That would be a big statement, right? And that, that's kind of the idea. But, but regardless, I think what we, what, I think what we can agree on here, and, and again, I respect you greatly for being able to, I mean, and I, we all should be able to, I don't know, you know, who know, I don't have all the answers. And the problem we have today in this field, especially, is a lot of people feel that they need to have an answer to everything. And that's, that's part of the problem. But the idea that what we can agree on is that what we need is more people invested in the situation and the, in, in solutions, invested in the system, trying to change it, even if we disagree on how that should be, you know, like whether we should, collectively abstain or whether we should try to you know either way you look at it more people involved equals change at the very least and that's not always positive change but at least we can get things moving and i think i believe personally and i've said this for a long time vote no one 2024 2022 however you want to look at it go out there and that doesn't mean don't be involved this is just coming from me personally. I don't want to put this on pasta. Just the, that if you go out there and you're invested today and you want to vote, go out there and vote and write down abstention or write in someone's name that you believe in. Vote for what you believe in. Don't fall for the two-party trick of lesser of two evils. That's always how this plays. There's a lot of other people other than left and right out there. But at the end of the day, I truly believe in the power of abstention. As this article I wrote a while back says, why your vote no longer counts. The true power of abstention and election fraud already underway. Actually, I take that back. I think this was the show I did about it. I'll find the actual article. <laughs> Hold on. Actually, I'll do it afterward. <laughs> but I did a video about this included. In any case, I do believe that abstention is powerful. And it can be if it's done the right way. But I, I appreciate you being here today, Post, And I really appreciate the the in-depth conversation about this. And I, th- I think what you're doing is important. I believe. Thanks, man. I, I believe. I, thank you. I, I believe that what what there are people and institutions <laughs> and groups out there that at the very least believe we can change these things. And maybe that's what's happening around the world. I am always open. Like even what I said during Trump's administration and so on, I said, I don't believe what you guys think he is. I hope I'm wrong though. And I will pray that I'm wrong. I want to see people doing things and changing the world. I just don't think that's what that was. And same thing here. I really hope that's what's happening. And I hope that people can at least stand back and have an open mind about it. But all we can do is fight for what we believe in. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing, By, by the way, like, most of the solutions are already there, right? This is not rocket science. This is voting. And most of the solutions are already, we know what they are. You know what I'm saying? Those who are following the game understand what the solutions are. We know what they are and they're going to be implemented yet. You can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, maybe not have a proprietary software, have an open source, maybe not even have it, just eliminate it, whatever. There's so many you know things you can do, but the answers are there. But also, <laughs> for understanding the foreign policy aspect of it, you know what I'm saying? That the way they attack these countries, the way they manufacture consent to fund coups and whatnot, they mm-hmm. start with these elections. They say the system in which they chose their leaders are are illegit or uh, not legitimate, right? They're illegitimate. So the fact that we can study those things really brings us to full circle to what we're seeing in Brazil. Because right now, 
you have groups and advocates and people out there right now trying to say that what's going on in Brazil is almost identical to what, what's going on, what happened in 2020, and it's a lie. Conservatives, Republicans, Alex Jones, they Infowars did this whole thing on the Brazilian elections, and they were like, wait, so the ballots were getting counted, and it came in late? I'm like, first of all, there's no ballots in Brazil. You guys don't even know what you're talking about. So So if you understand, I mean, literally, there's no ballots and they're talking about like ballot dumps and like trying to compare what happened in 2020 and trying to make it look like Bolsonaro, who hijacked uh, an Independence Day parade to make it look like his event that he had hundreds of thousands of people when it was actually the celebration of the Brazilian independence or whatever kind of independence they want. But understanding these elections right now, I'm in a position where I can push back against them and say, no, 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 no. If you care about our national sovereignty here, you have to care about that national sovereignty over there. You can't Mm -hmm. pick and choose which elections are fair and which are unfair, which ones can be manipulated. So if you're for fair elections here, you should be for fair elections in Brazil. So don't try to twist it. And that's what I'm able to catch these people doing because I understand the system inside and out. And I went down there and observed it and was able to report back to you lovely people so they can not manufacture consent for a military coup in Brazil. Right, exactly. And I think that's a perfect example of how the, these leading independent media out there will lean one way in the two-party paradigm, which, in my opinion, removes logic from the conversation. So I don't know if you'll trust these right-left paradigm you know, independent media out there, but the idea being that they're wrong and that they're leaning in a way that's pro one side or the other. And it's, you know, it's, it's very frustrating. We see this. So I'm glad, I hope people will look at your work and realize that there's, you know, somebody out there trying to show them what's really going on with the outside of the two party paradigm. But the last point you bring up there to, to leave us with to think about is think about how insulting it is to pretend that you have a group that actively throughout history and right up until this very day, provably is disregarding whatever you want to call it, democracy, fair elections all around the world because they don't agree with the outcome yet screaming that we care about fair and, in, you know, in, 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 in elections with integrity. And, yeah. and it's just so insulting to see, you know, and we've seen this with Bolivia and, and numerous examples. And we're you're, like, you're showing, we're seeing it right now in Nicaragua that it was fair or, or in Donbass and so, yet they just yeah. don't care. You know, it's very yeah. sad. You know, the, the people's love for Bolsonaro is going to allow them to say to to become what they hate. Right. You're just sitting here screaming about these elections. And now you're going to say, oh, Bolsonaro deserves to be the president. We're not. And when he's not fairly winning his election and you're not even trying to understand and you're being manipulated because there's no right. fair press anyways. But when you go down there, you understand why people like Lula. You understand the social and civil unrest in Brazil. Fiorella had her phone stolen the day before we left. Another friend of mine had his phone stolen the day before he's left. I mean, literally more than half the people I knew in the delegations out there have their phone stolen. And it's so much social and civil unrest over there. I mean, it's things are about to blow. And people don't understand why they want Lula to come back into power. Because they're starving and they're in the streets. And you got to accept that. That might not be your guy. He might right. be a compromise between the communists and the capitalists, the way he gives a lot of money to the poor. Okay, and you might call him a communist for that, but he's really not. But whatever the case may be, you have to understand why the people want him back in power and the, the faults of Bolsonaro. But they're like, oh, my God, Bolsonaro, you know, right. where he stands on the jab, where he stands on the vaccine. Uh, we have to support him. Yeah. All these points matter, but my point is I don't even think it's truly it's not about our choice, yet. right? It's not our right. choice. It's right. their choice. Exactly. That's the that's the main point over everything else, yeah. right? We, but my point is that they 
I don't even think they care about the jab in the context they're framing it as. I think it's about left-right paradigm. It's about Bolsonaro's on our side. He's the one that's supposed to be there. So anything that happens with him is fair and election is, is has integrity. But if it goes yeah. the other direction, we're going to call it fake news and illegal and whatever else. And oh, and bad guy communism, whatever else. And, and that's your point. Is it it's not your choice to decide what those people want for their country? And just because you don't like what they may have voted for, that you then argue that it's illegitimate. It's this broken process. And you, as you pointed out, these are people that are screaming about their election being stolen and are now willing to stand behind someone who is doing the same thing. It's it's this is why two party paradigm is the problem. I've said it for a long time, but thank you so much for being here, Pasta. I hope people will check out and wake up at Convo Couch. You guys are doing great work out there. Anything you want to leave us with upcoming work, social media links? No, tomorrow, check out AM Wake Up. It's T-Lab Tuesday. It is. It is. Also, I have Dr. Ely on the show. He's going to reveal my blood that I sent them. I sent them some blood, so we're going to figure out uh, what pasta needs to do to get rid of his eczema and all that other BS and stuff and have a fun time with it. It's, just, it's going to be a fun show, and I can't wait, uh, wait for you to come on in tomorrow, and we'll just have a good time. So come check it out, guys. And uh, Combo Couch will be on right after this show, and I got a Combo Couch on Wednesday. Dan Cohen will be on. We'll be talking about Haiti. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, brother. And as always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.